Maverick News presents The Rick Walker Show Defrag your mind Good evening, Maverick family and new viewers from all over the world. Many things to discuss tonight. A major escalation in the war in Ukraine. Russia has launched major attacks as a response to Ukrainian attacks. And now Ukraine is responding tonight with more attacks. We'll bring you up to date. And this is the, the biggest air attack on Ukraine and now the biggest counter offensive or reaction or whatever you want to call it, probably since the beginning of the conflict. What else is going on tonight? They are really ramping things up against Donald Trump. You're seeing it on multiple fronts. Maine now taking Donald Trump off the ballot for the primary, following the lead from Colorado, where Trump has been off the ballot. Then yesterday we're hearing he's back on the ballot technically until a Supreme Court ruling on what's going on in Colorado. This is lawfare on steroids. This is viewed by many as election interference. Donald Trump has come right out and is calling it election theft. The situation in the Middle East, Israel and Hamas, is also escalating. And the politics surrounding all of that is also something that definitely needs attention. With Vivek Ramaswamy coming out with a statement saying that the two-state solution is really just a myth. We'll play you his clip. We'll share his comments with you. And it really is, I think, the, the boldest statement that I've heard thus far from any presidential contender. Ramaswamy being brutally honest in his view on this. And it's strangely refreshing to hear his take on it. I have to, I have to say it was surprising to hear him just come out and be so blunt. When you hear what he has to say, you'll understand, I think, why I'm reacting the way that I am. So, yeah, we have Russia on this full offense, and we have oh, also Joe Biden issuing a, um, a response to that. You can tell that he's, uh, he's getting agitated, just a little bit agitated, President Biden. And then we also have a comment tonight from 
General Keith Kellogg, who is saying things would be a whole lot different right now if Donald Trump was still in the White House. Also, we're hearing that there's a new New York Times poll out that says Trump is now viewed by the majority of Americans as the return to normalcy candidate. That's the way a lot of people uh, view him. This after Joe Biden has had a few years now to stabilize the country, and that has not happened. We have actually just the opposite, don't we? Oh, yes, we do. The country has never been more unstable, except maybe during the Civil War. And even then, I'm not so sure. Because I think we're heading down that path anyway. We also have a clip from um, Sheena Bellows. Secretary of State. And uh, talking about the decision to keep Trump off the ballot. So we'll bring you up to date with that. And actually, it's uh, from, um, we're going to share with you a, a, a Zoom-type meeting or a C-SPAN broadcast with a, a staffer from that office talking about how the ACLU and the Southern Poverty Law Center are uh, actively working to push ahead and promote these attempts to keep Trump off the ballot in various states. It's the ACLU and the Southern Poverty Law Center and some of the people, the, the leaders within those organizations who are appear to be behind this, this effort. So we'll share those comments with you tonight and then you can assess for yourself from that point. So there's all that and we have more lined up as well. So don't go away because we have a, a stacked show for you. We'll be back right after this. Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals, individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms, credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow maybe too late too late too late too late maverick news the, the world, world is watching so tonight what we're dealing with here is a major escalation 
in the conflict between Ukraine and Russia. It, uh, it really started to ramp up earlier this week with a report, um, well, not just a report, but an actual attack by Ukraine striking the port of Fedosia in Crimea. There was a fire, a massive explosion. There was actually a ship that was there that was damaged. And this was earlier in the week. We know from reports on the ground there that two Ukrainian Su-24s armed with missiles struck the port. They fired and hit a large landing craft that was actively firing, and the ship was apparently sunk. Not, not quite clear on that, but it may not have actually gone down, but it was certainly hit and damaged. Um, there was at least one person killed, two others injured in that attack, six buildings damaged, a lot of broken windows. The roads and uh, other infrastructure there intact enough that um, transportation was not, uh, has not been, you know, affected that much. But that ship was um, was definitely damaged. Um, during the anti-aircraft battle, two Ukrainian Su-24s that were launching missiles were destroyed by Russian air defense systems. That information coming from the Russian Ministry of Defense. And we have video that we can share with you right now from that event earlier this week. And I play this first because it's a prelude. It was a prelude to everything that has been unfolding over the last, oh, let's say 24 to 48 hours. 24 in the most major way. Uh, let me show you the, uh, the attack in Crimea from earlier this week, first of all. So we were able to source that from the internet. Not widely seen that particular footage. But it didn't stop there. Not by a long shot. So what we've seen since then is a major attack by Russia on Ukraine. In response, largely to um, to what uh, Ukraine unleashed, and so this is a major turn of events, indicating that Russia is and st is still and I think in a dominant position. It was a staggering assault on Ukrainian soil, a barrage of 122 missiles and 36 drones targeted 
various locations, resulting in some loss of life. As of now, at least 30 civilians have been confirmed dead. Over 144 people sustaining injuries. The sheer magnitude of the onslaught spanning approximately 18 hours has certainly left a mark on Ukraine. And uh, what is left in the wake of this is, um, well, a lot of broken glass, twisted metal. As I say, some casualties, plumes of smoke in the sky. Ukrainian Air Force officials still putting up um, a brave front. They claim to have intercepted the majority of the incoming missiles into drones, but the toll in terms of damage to infrastructure and collateral damage is undeniable. As I was saying earlier this weekend, have been saying for at least two weeks now, as we've watched troops being repositioned, Russian troops being repositioned, and then Ukrainian troops taking up, and I, I would say even retreating and then fortifying defensive positions. As I indicated, even just over two weeks ago, and since then, it looks to me like Russia is in the dominant position and could be finally poised to take additional territory, maybe even take the whole thing if they wanted to. I just don't think Vladimir Putin is interested in occupying the entire country. But if strategically that is what needs to be done to bring this thing to an end, I think Russia may actually be in a position to start working on getting that done. This is the may, the biggest development in the war in terms of escalation, activity, and change in... I guess, um, claimed territory since last October, probably last October. So the Russian assault was described by Ukrainian Air Force commanders as the most massive aerial attack since the full-scale invasion or special military operation launch, depending on how you look at it, uh, since February of 2022. And it goes on. And now as a result of that, Ukraine has been hitting back. We are getting right now reports of additional attacks against Russia being launched by Ukraine. We have some video to share with you as well. But before we get to th that footage... I want to share with you the statement that has been issued by Joe Biden in response to the Russian attacks overnight. Here's Joe Biden's statement. 
It says, this from Joe Biden's desk, overnight, Russia launched its largest aerial assault on Ukraine since the war began. This massive bombardment used drones and missiles, including missiles with hypersonic capability to strike cities and civilian infrastructure all across Ukraine. Strikes reportedly hit a maternity hospital, a shopping mall, and residential areas, killing innocent people and injuring dozens more. It is a stark reminder, Biden says here, to the world that after nearly two years of this devastating war, Putin's objective remains unchanged. He seeks to obliterate Ukraine and subjugate its people. He must be stopped, says Joe Biden. In the face of this brutal attack, he goes on, Ukraine deployed the air defense systems that the United States and our allies and partners have delivered to Ukraine over this past year to successfully intercept and destroy many of the missiles and drones. The American people can be proud of the lives we have helped to save and to support we have given and the support we have given Ukraine as it defends its people, its freedom and its independence. But unless Congress takes urgent action in the new year, we will not be able to continue sending the weapons and vital air defense systems Ukraine needs to protect its people. Congress must step up and act without any further delay. The stakes of this fight extend far beyond Ukraine. They affect the entirety of the NATO alliance, the security of Europe, and the future of the transatlantic relationship. Putin has not just attempted to destroy Ukraine, he has threatened some of our NATO allies as well. When dictators and autocrats are allowed to run roughshod in Europe, the risk rises that the United States gets pulled in directly. And the consequences reverberate around the world. That's why the United States has rallied a coalition of more than 50 countries to support the defense of Ukraine. We cannot let our allies and partners down. We cannot let Ukraine down. History will judge harshly those who fail to answer freedom's call. That from the desk the president of the United States, Joe Biden. Additional reports coming out within the last day that a peace deal was within reach back in April between Ukraine and Russia. Had it not been for the intervention of the UK and the United States, telling Zelensky no. And these reports allege that there was essentially influence exerted with money and arms. And since last October, it has been pretty much a stalemate, but now things are really ramping up, as we've seen with that footage we just showed you earlier this weekend. Now, tonight, we are seeing new footage rolling in with now more attacks on Russia by Ukraine. Let me share what we have been able to find for you and what has been sent to us this evening. 
So this footage is from the Russian city of Belgorod, which is apparently taking one heck of a beating. Here's what it looks like in the dark. Yes, and having to live under that, I guess more accurately trying to survive that has got to be terrifying for people. Ukraine unleashing its own hellfire even as we speak. And we are seeing additional reports of drones striking Bryansk, Russia tonight. Apparently, the, this attack was directed at a factory that produces electronics and radio equipment. And let me share this with you. And this is what it looks like there. You see the flash, the explosions. So that from the distance and the conflict there continues and we will continue to follow this story and update you as we get more information, possibly during this broadcast, as things are said to us or as things pop up in our feeds. So there's more to come on that front for sure. So let's take a quick break here. I'm going to regroup and get uh, our next series of clips lined up so that we can continue with this newscast and analysis right here on the Maverick News Channel. Hello, world. Are you awake? Uniting humankind by liberating millions of minds at a time. Maverick News. The world is watching. The New World Order Government Overreach The Great Reset Mainstream Media Lies Now more than ever 
Independent voices are needed. Donate now at freedomreporters.com. That's freedomreporters.com. Maverick News. The antivirus program for your mind. Continuing our coverage of the conflict in uh, in Ukraine, we have this footage as well of a Russian missile hitting a high rise in Kiev or Kiev, depending on how you view Ukraine, which way you choose to pronounce it. And here's what that's that looks like. Interesting. Massive explosion. And yet it didn't come tumbling down, even with a missile strike. Still standing. Isn't that interesting? The United States is still standing as a country tonight. But it seems not everybody is happy about that. Within the last day, we've seen... More protests, more pro-Palestinian protests, more anti-Israel protests. Most notable, I think, is probably this protest that took place at, of all places, the World Trade Center. This has touched a nerve with many people. Pro-Palestinian protesters protesting on what many would consider to be sacred ground, considering the lives that were lost on 9-11. But here it is. Here's what some of that looked like from the past 24 hours in New York City. Thank <laughs> you. 
Well, the situation in uh, the Middle East is... I don't know what to tell you other than it's more volatile than ever. And there does not appear to be a solution in sight. That being said, Vivek Ramaswamy, presidential hopeful, rival to former President Trump for the nomination, although you might say he's sort of a Trump ally because he's supporting Trump and calling foul on these attempts to keep him off the ballot in some states, including Maine now. But Ramaswamy has come out with what I can only say is one of the most controversial statements on the conflict. And um, I would say one of the most honest assessments thus far. And when I say honest, I mean, I think he is just, I think he is speaking his mind without fear He is speaking from a position of geopolitical creativity. And uh, it's, I haven't, I haven't analyzed what he has said in depth enough to really have a fully formed opinion on his opinion. But I have to say it's refreshing to hear someone speaking boldly. And I think even hearing someone say something that is different than what is just being echoed over and over and over again, but is not actually getting us anywhere. Oh, we need a two-state solution. Ramaswamy says a two-state solution is, in his view, a myth. A myth. Let me play his clip. This is, this surprised me. I was not aware that he had taken this kind of position, but it's just straight up. There's no dancing around this. Listen to what he says here. This uh, coming from Forbes. My view is that now is the moment for Israel to return to its founding premise. The Jewish state has an absolute right to exist. A divine gift, gifted to a divine nation, charged with a divine purpose. Israel has an absolute and unequivocal right and responsibility to defend itself to the fullest applying the only language that its adversaries understand, the language of force. So what would David Ben-Gurion say today? He would say, don't depend on anybody else's fleeting sympathies or permission to do it. If Israel wants to destroy Hamas, 
Israel should go ahead and destroy Hamas. I'm just getting started. If Israel wants to destroy Hezbollah, Israel should go ahead and destroy Hezbollah. If Israel and Mossad want to pull off Munich 2.0 and take out every last leader of Hamas, wherever they may be hiding from Doha to Dresden, host a red wedding at the Four Seasons in Qatar, the next time Hanie and Mashal show up, they should go ahead and do it. If Israel wants to at long last abandon the myth of a two-state solution, Israel should go ahead and abandon a two-state solution. The rest of the Arab world can absorb Palestinians just as the Jews absorbed their people out of 22 countries they were kicked out of since 1948. The Islamic world cannot continue to condone the slaughtering of Jews while continuing to disown the Palestinians. That is the hard truth, that neither member of either political party is willing to speak out loud to the Arab world. I will. But these are decisions for Israel to make. America, I am not running for president of Israel. I am running for president of the United States. And just as it is time for Israel to return to its founding premise, it is time for us here in the U.S. to return to ours. You know, the rhetoric that I've been hearing from the pro-Palestinian side is, is, has escalated to the point where some people are coming right out and saying the United States does not have a right to exist. That the West, Western countries, do not have a right to exist. Colonialism. Israel does not have a right to exist. These are actual words that people are saying. So much for a two-state solution. Dangerous times. Not sure where that leaves us exactly, but last night we ran clips from General... Michael Flynn saying that uh, someone on the Israeli side needs to be held accountable for the October 7th attack because the security was breached, which resulted or allowed the Hamas attackers, terrorists to enter and kill over 1,200 people and then say that Arab countries don't want to take the Palestinians who are being displaced by Israel's ground assault in Gaza because, according to General Flynn, any country that takes those Palestinians in will be taking in extremists terrorists he didn't use those words he said they will be getting the same kind the same problems in their countries that they have right now that israel has so that's why nobody wants to take them in but sounding the alarm 
saying that Netanyahu wants the West to absorb those Palestinian refugees. We have a Palestinian refugee crisis on our hands, folks. As the death toll in Gaza continues to rise, but keep in mind that Hamas still has hostages in custody. And we have been told, and it has been stated, that to end the conflict, all that has to happen is for Hamas to lay down its weapons and release the hostages. And the hostilities can come to an end. Believe it. Don't believe it. Those, that's what was said. Neither side trusts the other. And the tragedy continues to evolve, develop. President of uh, Egypt coming right out and saying Egypt doesn't want the Palestinians. So even though Ramaswamy is now saying that Arab countries should be absorbing these Palestinian refugees, it is very apparent that these Arab countries don't want them. And what are we seeing here in the West? Well, I know here in Canada, the Canadian government is already poised, ready to take more Palestinian immigrants in response to this. We've heard maybe as many as 500,000. We'll see if that happens. But don't be surprised if it does. As a result, Canadian um, immigration levels could rise this year to well over 1 million. I'm predicting that they will take many of these people from Palestine. And I think that overall immigration record uh, um, levels could rise to a record 1.4 to 1.5 million people in Canada, a country with, uh, you know, less than 40 million people in total. The fabric of Canada is changing. The, the, the demographics of Western countries changing because of all this immigration. Now, all that being said about Netanyahu, I also find it interesting that these quotes being attributed to him about absorbing Palestinian refugees are just quotes. I have not seen yet a clip of him actually saying that in the meeting where he is purported to have said that. I am reading various accounts of that, and I think honestly that what he said is being used opportunistically and maybe with some liberties being taken with the context. Not that it's being taken entirely out of context, if indeed he actually said it. But based on some of the reports that I'm seeing, it is being used as an extension of this narrative that suggests Israel let, or maybe even choreographed, the attack on October 7th so that Israel gets the blame for the attack on its own people. 
And I'm not buying into that. We're just, we hear too much of that rhetoric. It's always the United States and Israel being blamed for anything bad that happens to itself. It's always the, it's always America doing it to itself when clearly quite often it isn't. And it has escalated to the point where this kind of double reverse logic, negative narrative, it's just gotten to the point where now people are cheerleading for people who want to kill them. It's just bizarre. When I'm seeing that happen, it's very clear to me that people are being subjected to unprecedented levels of propaganda and information warfare to the point where they they basically want to commit political suicide or maybe even cultural suicide or maybe even just suicide in some cases, honestly. It defies logic. The, that being said, here's the president of Egypt saying, yeah, we're not going to take them. And if he doesn't want them, who does? And should they come to North America? Should they come to Canada? Should they come to the United States? Listen to what he has to say. And then think it, think it over a little bit here. He says they can send them back to, and I'll read along with this to help keep this understandable, not just for people viewing on our video feed, but also on our podcast as well. Send them back to you want located. Operation might take years. It remains vague and terrorists still have been defeated. We haven't finished the task yet. Egypt can't bear the consequences of this conflict and turn Sinai into a base for launching terrorist attacks against Israel. And we in Egypt would be held responsible and the peace we've worked so hard to achieve would swiftly dissipate in the name of resolving the Palestinian cause. They can so you see what he's saying. If they send the Palestinians there, he expects that they will continue to work against Israel even from then within Egypt and because they're within Egyptian borders, if they were to escalate things or in, conduct the same kind of activities, Egypt would then be held responsible. And what are we seeing in the streets? We're seeing more and more protests. We are seeing even protests at the World Trade Center and even outright calls for the destruction of America from people living in America who technically then would be American citizens. You know, for the survival of a nation, that might end up being a bit of a problem in the end. Just saying. Just saying. I want to think it over a little bit while I uh, run this and we'll come back on the other side and we'll talk more about Trump.
Zurich News. The world is watching. The New World Order. Government Overreach. The Great Reset. Mainstream Media Lies. Now more than ever. Independent voices are needed. Donate now. At. FreedomReporters.com. That's FreedomReporters.com. Maverick News. The Antivirus Program. For your mind. And here's General Keith Kellogg saying that if Trump were still in office, all of this, all of this conflict that we're seeing in Ukraine, and I'm thinking also in the Middle East, probably would not, would not be happening. Interesting comments right here. 7 October. They've totally misread the situation, and it puts all of our young men and women at risk. They know they're basically targets sitting on the ground. We haven't responded in a way that should be disproportional in making those hard calls. Kaylee, you and I have sat side by side in the Situation Room when a lot of those hard decisions were made. We know how hard they are, but you have to make them. Donald Trump made them. He was very effective at it, and we need to do that again. General Kellogg, just a few moments here, but would the world look a little different if former President Trump was current President Trump? Oh, 100 percent. You wouldn't have had what happened in Ukraine. You wouldn't have what happened in the Middle East. We would have solved that problem easily with the Abraham Accords, and everybody in the world knows it. With Kaylee McEnany. On Fox News... And Trump under serious pressure here uh, tonight, still ongoing, this lawfare, the latest in this constitutional drama, is echoing through the hollowed halls of American democracy tonight in a twist of fate two states now maine and colorado have declared donald trump ineligible to once again ascend to the presidency the repercussions of this decision are poised to dance upon the grand stage of the u.s supreme court where the justices may find themselves entangled in a legal and political quagmire they'd likely prefer to avoid further complicating things here is that yesterday we reported that in Colorado, Secretary of State indicated Trump will actually remain on the ballot, technically, but they're trying to expedite a ruling from the Supreme Court, federally, to determine if Trump will actually end up being on the ballot. So he's technically still on the ballot, but not on the ballot in Maine possibly still not on the ballot in Colorado if the ruling comes back against Trump. Trump's campaign, undeterred by last week's ruling from the Colorado Supreme Court, is set to mount an immediate appeal following 
Thursday's decision by Maine's top election official. Both courts cite the 14th Amendment, invoking its formidable powers to disqualify Trump due to his alleged role in the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Despite being on the ballot for next year's GOP presidential primary in both states, a temporary pause has been granted to allow the higher echelons of the judiciary to intervene. Secretary of State Sheena Bellows of Maine, a Democrat, expressed her preference for U.S. Supreme Court guidance on this unprecedented, unprecedented constitutional question, acknowledging the weight of the decision. She was, she says she was duty bound to make under Maine law. Maine's election law, a unique outlier, permits any registered voter to challenge a candidate's eligibility, requiring a public hearing and a swift decision. In this case, three voters challenged Trump, prompting a hearing last week and a decision deadline by the end of this week. Bellows, cognizant of the National Maelstrom, her decision has ignited, recognizes the historical gravity. She notes that no Secretary of State has previously denied a presidential candidate ballot access under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, highlighting the exceptional circumstances surrounding Trump's alleged engagement in insurrection, their word, the legal battle now shifts to the main superior court where Trump's campaign plans to appeal Bellow's decision. The court is mandated to render a decision by January 17th with potential avenues for further appeals to the main Supreme Judicial Court or the U.S. Supreme Court. In a landscape marked by legal inconsistency with courts in other states affirming Trump's right to be on the ballot, the call for a broad U.S. Supreme Court ruling addressing the 14th Amendment question becomes increasingly urgent. Michael Waldman of the Brennan Center for Justice emphasizes the need for a national decision to prevent chaos at the polls. This case presents a complex tapestry of legal questions, including the factual inquiry into whether Trump engaged in insurrection on January 6th. He has not been convicted of that. As the wheels of justice turn, the eyes of the nation are fixed on the Supreme Court, which in moments of historical significance has proven its ability to rule swiftly and sometimes... <laughs> to make a choice where they do not deal with particular cases. The repercussions of Secretary Bellow's decision have drawn both condemnation and applause with Republicans like Senator Susan Collins criticizing the interference of a Secretary of State appointed by the legislature. Meanwhile, a Maine Republican lawmaker contemplates an improbable impeachment effort against Bellow's. Amidst the political cacophony, voices within the Democratic Party diverge. Representative Jared Golden, who voted to impeach Trump, disagrees with Bellow's decision, arguing that Trump should remain on the ballot until found guilty of insurrection. Representative Dean Phillips from Minnesota goes further, condemning efforts to suppress candidates through the legal system. So as this drama unfolds, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, crew, as it's known, applauds Bella's decision while acknowledging the ultimate authority of the U.S. Supreme Court. 
In a strategic move, Crew formally urges the top court to expedite the Colorado case, seeking a decision by February to impact upcoming Republican presidential primaries. So stay tuned, folks. America is on the cusp of perhaps the most consequential, certainly the most dramatic election in U.S. history as this constitutional saga hurdles towards the highest court in the land. The echoes of history reverberate and the fate of Donald Trump's political future truly does hang in the balance. So too does the future of the United States itself. And the PR baffle gab, the information warfare continues to escalate as well. Over on uh, ABC News, they have some former Trump administration officials who were there only for a short time when Trump was in power. And then they ended up resigning. They're sounding the alarm, saying that if Trump returns to the White House, it could be the end of democracy as we know it in the United States. <laughs> Three women who served in the Trump White House are sounding this alarm. Alyssa Faith Griffin, Cassidy Hutchinson, and Sarah Matthews. In an interview with ABC News Chief Washington Correspondents and this week co-anchor Jonathan Carl said that uh, Trump is a threat to democracy. Griffin, Hutchison, and Matthews all cooperated with the House January 6th Committee investigation into Trump following the 2020 election. And uh, I have a clip from that interview here. And man, you want to talk about politics? This is politics. This is serious politics. But this is... Anti-Trump propaganda, for sure, coming from ABC. Let's let her roll. In your mind, if Donald Trump became president again, what would a second Trump term look like? Fundamentally, a second Trump term could mean the end of American democracy as we know it. And I, I don't say that lightly. 
we all witnessed him trying to steal a democratic election before and going to historic and unconstitutional lengths to do so. Um, and, and that just shows that he's willing to basically break every barrier to get into power and to stay into power. But also, um, I'm very concerned what, about what the term would actually look like. We don't need to speculate what a second Trump uh, term would look like because we already saw it play out. To this day, he still doubles down on the fact that he thinks that the election was stolen and fraudulent. And then his rhetoric has just gotten increasingly erratic. I mean, he has literally called for things like doing away with parts of the Constitution, wanting to weaponize the DOJ to enact revenge on his political enemies. The fact that he feels that he needs to lean into being a dictator alone shows that he is a weak and feeble man yeah. who has no sense of character and integrity and has no sense of leadership. You know, when I think back, when Trump was president, there were times when he could have used a very heavy hand to restore public order. At times, I wondered why he didn't. Remember when they were trying to burn down the church in Washington, D.C.? And then he went and walked across the street to the church and held up the Bible and made that statement. And there were riots going on in Washington. You know, when I, I look back at times like that, when I look back at the, uh, the riots in various cities across the United States, the summer of love. <laughs> Trump could have done a lot more. He could have been very heavy handed, but he always deferred to governors. He was very careful and measured in his response. Those are not the actions, in my opinion, of a dictator. Those are the actions of someone who is giving serious thought to the use of any kind of force against anyone who is an American citizen using force against American citizens, even if those citizens are opposed to you as the president, very measured. Should also point out that during J6, if you recall, he also offered to bring in reinforcements to help police. And it was Nancy Pelosi who said no. So you can assess any way you want, but in my assessment, those are not the actions of a dictator. Now, he did facilitate uh, an accelerated, expedited rollout of the vaccines, but also indicated all through the pandemic that he would prefer for people to have freedom of choice when it comes to these matters. Now, did not take a heavy hand in that regard to ensure that people did have that freedom. Again, he deferred to governors, to people at the state level to make a lot of these decisions. And I would say that that in itself was, in that particular case, a mistake. But 
also not indicative of a dictator's actions. So these claims from these women on ABC saying that Trump is a was and would be a dictator. I don't think they're fair. I don't think they're accurate at all. And in addition to that, you know, you really need to look at um, who these, these women are and what they really stand for. And the one lady there, she um, is currently a co-host on that ABC television show, The View, which is an anti-Trump cheerleading squad, really, at the end of the day. Um, even when they bring conservatives on, they're so often anti-Trump. So I... Uh, that is pure propaganda in my estimation. So what's Trump going to be doing? I don't know. This thing in Maine, just another serious situation for the former president. And, you know, it really comes down to that, this, this question, right? Do you, who do you believe when it comes to the question of election integrity? And so, depending on which way you answer that question, that determines largely how you view this current situation, doesn't it? So who's the real patriot? Who's really pro-America? When you go back and look at that question, and you come up with whatever answer you come up with, it's easy to see why people are so polarized on that issue and on Donald Trump himself. Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals, individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms, credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow may be too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. As I was uh, promising, we are keeping a close eye on the developments in both 
Ukraine and in the Middle East. And we are now seeing that there was an airstrike inside Lebanon now. This one launched against what is reported to be a site that was used as a, a launch site by Hezbollah to launch attacks against Israel. And here's what the uh, that strike looked like just a short time ago. More escalation in this conflict. Now directly into Lebanon. Things are changing rapidly over there. It shows how quickly everything can change when it comes to war. And just when one side thinks they've gained ground, the other side strikes back. Very scary stuff. When you look back at everything that has happened over the past year, we are closer to an actual thermonuclear exchange than at any time in human history. A real nuclear war. This situation in the Middle East is really dangerous because it is spilling over now into other countries. We are seeing these ongoing attacks, ships in the Red Sea, Merchant vessels now being defended by the United States and allied countries, including Canada. If this continues, folks, we're going to be into a full-blown, very easily into a full-blown kinetic third world war. We're in a third world war right now, but it's unconventional. It could easily turn into, turn into a global shooting war. Let's pray that it doesn't. Tomorrow we will take a look back at 2023. We'll review all of the things that have developed over the past year that have taken us to this point the most dangerous place we've ever been as a species a point of potential self-extermination and i don't say it lightly it's been we've been a frog in a pot of boiling water and they've been turning up the heat slowly over time we've been allowing it to happen. Although we all sort of feel so powerless, don't we? And with all that being said, we also see politics changing domestically, don't we? And the demographics and mass immigration, and it's putting pressure on all of our infrastructure here, all of our services, including health care. And as a result... Some people, are, a lot of people are not getting the care that they really need. Tonight, we're seeing in Canada, which is held up as an example of 
what healthcare is supposed to be. Those who believe or yearn for some sort of free socialized healthcare system point to Canada and Canada sells itself, or at least the Canadian government and bureaucrats do around the world as the best healthcare system in the world. And it is simply not true. The system is under immense stress, huge stress. And in British Columbia today, a BC man says his insurance provider has decided to cancel his and his wife's coverage because they failed to disclose a visit to the emergency room to the insurance company nearly three years before he was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. This gentleman's name is Toby Cleary. He says, he says he's been sort of dropped off the side of a cliff in his words. And he uh, has spent the last few years receiving chemotherapy treatment at Abbotsford Regional Hospital and Cancer Center. Last September, Cleary and his wife, Danielle, applied for insurance through Manulife. He says the plan included critical illness, disability, and life insurance. Then on January 5th of last year, Cleary was diagnosed with colon cancer. So this couple decided it was the right time to access the critical illness portion of the package, which provides a lump sum payment if either one were to be diagnosed with an illness covered by the policy, such as cancer. So they submitted their claim. And um, then they were told they were supposed to give them, give the insurance company access to 10 years of medical records. Six months later, they received a response from Manulife saying the entire insurance policy was going to be terminated because Cleary's failure to disclose to Manulife that emergency room visit back in 2019 meant that his disclosure was not complete. So according to this letter, Manulife noted the visit included rectal bleeding, no diagnosis, and a referral for a colonoscopy. And the letter went on to state that under the insurance agreement, Clear E signed declaration on March 2nd of 2020, confirming that since the application date of September 17, 2019, he had not had any illness, disorder, injury, operation, or treatment, had not consulted, been examined or treated by a healthcare professional, or being advised to or have a medical appointment or consultation with a healthcare professional that has not yet taken place. So in other words, he signed something, said that he hadn't been assessed for anything like that, but had been to a hospital and did receive an assessment and left that off the, um, the application for insurance. And so they're saying that violated the terms of the agreement and therefore they're not going to, to give him any insurance coverage. But uh, Cleary is saying that it was a minor thing, never thought much about it because it would have been so long ago. It was um, something that was overlooked during the, um, the application process and 
even though there was rectal bleeding, he was told it was probably due to a hemorrhoid. Now, because of that, it looks like he's not going to have the coverage that he needs moving forward from this private insurance company, which just shows you, honestly, folks, that here's a picture of Mr. Cleary, by the way. Just goes to show you that in Canada, there are limits to how much free health care people are provided with. In addition to that, as I've pointed out many times on this program, the great Canadian healthcare system is under such stress, especially funding stress, and there is so much inefficiency in the system that the government has just really resorted to rationing of care in order to rein in costs. Here's um, a young lady who is not happy at all with the state of care that she is receiving. because of the extremely long wait times for tests and for care and the extremely short supply of qualified specialists. Listen to this. About Canada that no one's really talking about outside of Canada. And like, I know that some people in America are aware of this, right? But anyone talks about Canada, they go, oh, healthcare is free, blah, blah, blah. And I do know that some people are aware, like, well, you do have to wait longer, you know? Ooh, understatement of the century, okay? Um, in Canada, you'll probably die first before you get the help you need. Like, you'll literally, and I'm not joking, that's not me being dramatic. There are doctors that know that if they're handing out certain diagnoses, totally treatable, totally treatable if you do it in time, but they know they're not gonna be able to see a specialist in that time. So they just know these people are going to die because they cannot get help. I have been dealing with literally pain in my liver. I can't see a doctor. Can't see a doctor. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what's going on. There just literally aren't enough physicians. It's not that they're picking and choosing and picking poorly. They literally just don't have physicians. There's nobody here. There's nobody here. So you want to come here? You want to be like, oh, I just, I, I, I want to get free healthcare. You'll probably die first. Okay. I've been on a wait list for a general practitioner, a GP for six months. And you can't do anything here without a GP. I can't go get a, I can't even go to the gynecologist for, just for a routine exam. And I had precancerous tissue in my cervix. So I have to get checked twice a year. Can't even do that. I can't even do that. I even tried calling like the women's health center that we have here. Cause like, you know, that they're supposed to be helping people. And they're like, sorry, as of November, we will only be taking appointments through your GP. You need a referral, a referral to go see them. So here I am, I have gone to two walk-in clinics in the past week to try to get help. They're full. I call as soon as they open because they say, hey, don't come visit us. Call us. We only start answering phones at 830. Call us. We'll give you an appointment that day. I called as soon as 829, 830, called them. As soon as I got there, like, oh, we're full. Full. So 
if you want to come here, I hope that you are the healthiest person ever and you've never had one single medical problem in your life. If you go to the ER, the only way you're probably going to get seen, you need to seize on the floor. No, seriously, you need to have a seizure. That's a real story that my cousin witnessed. You will not get help here. You won't. I'm literally considering moving back to the United States. You know how bad that is where I'm considering moving back to the States? Because I'm like, look, if the only thing getting in my way of healthcare is actually just paying someone, I will take medical debt now. I will, because at least I will live. Are you joking me? Anyways. Anyways, it just shows you the grass ain't always greener on the other Canadian side. Maverick News. The world is watching. And while they ration your health care here in Canada, they also reach deeper and deeper into your pocket to take more and more through taxation. And that is what is going to happen in the new year. Uh, come 2024, you're going to see hikes in payroll taxes, carbon taxes, alcohol taxes. Everybody's going to pay more. Higher payroll taxes because the mandatory Canada Pension Plan and employment insurance contributions will rise. That means if you make about, say, oh, $73,200 or more, you're going to end up paying another $347 in payroll taxes. Even more if you make more. That means your tax bill will be well over $5,100. And this is why I, I really don't want employees anymore. Um, the employer payroll tax is also increasing. See, that's what a lot of people don't understand or realize is that when, they, when an employer in this country hires someone, they not only have to pay you your wage, they have to pay a tax on paying you a wage. The federal government is imposing a new tax in the new year called CPP2, Canada Pension Plan 2. The original CCP, or CPP rather, Canada Pension Plan tax, taxes your income up to 6%, up to $68,500. And the new Canada Pension Plan 2 expands that and then adds an additional income tax at 4%, up to $73,200. 
<laughs> oh, it's so typical, typically liberal and so typically Trudeau, isn't it? So this is all coming in the new year. Trudeau all the time saying he's working for the middle class, working to make life more affordable. Those are his words. And then he turns around and slaps that carbon tax on, and that's coming. So that means higher prices for gasoline, diesel, and home heating fuels. <laughs> I shouldn't even laugh. But what else can you do while well, he's still in power? Ultimately, that results in higher prices across the board. It fuels inflation, this carbon tax. Because it increases the cost of fuel for producing things, for transporting goods to market, the costs to trucking companies, Increases. Higher fuel prices translate into higher prices for everything. So if you slap a carbon tax on fuel, the fuel that's used to produce and transport and even preserve through things like refrigeration, things like food and other consumer goods, then everything's going to go up. So there's an estimate out there from the parliamentary budget officer that the carbon tax is going to cost the average Canadian family almost $1,000 more, at least $900 in the new year. Even after the federal government gives you what they say are rebates on the carbon tax, where Trudeau has essentially lied to people and told everyone that the carbon tax will actually put money in your pocket. What absurdity. We're going to tax you to give you more. And some people are actually buying that. But there's the parliamentary budget officer telling you just the opposite. The carbon tax ultimately in the end will cost you as an average Canadian, about a, almost $1,000 more per year. All that coming in 2024. There's also that digital services tax that is being imposed on social media companies like Google, Facebook, Amazon. And those additional higher advertising costs are very likely to be passed on in terms of higher prices for all kinds of consumer goods again. Because they're not going to just absorb that 3%. They're going to pass it along as part of the price chain. Oh, yeah. And if you enjoy drinking this New Year's Eve, well, enjoy it while you can, because in 2024, alcohol is going to cost more. Thank you, Justin Trudeau. There's a federal alcohol tax hike that is expected to cost taxpayers about $100 million more in 2024. In fact, did you know that the cost of beer right now, about half 
of the price of beer is because of taxation. And it's even higher when you look at wine and other alcoholic beverages where the total price, the total cost of many of those beverages is made up of 65% tax in Canada. According to the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, 51 national governments that provided tax relief during the pandemic, or I should say they identified 51 national governments um, that provided tax relief during the pandemic to ease the burdens of inflation. Those governments include more than half of the G7 and G20 countries and two-thirds of the countries in the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. But here in Canada, no, we're getting the opposite. You are getting some tax relief from some provincial governments in places like Saskatchewan, where they are responding, and I think in Alberta as well, where they are responding to the federal tax hikes with tax breaks to help their people out there, but that's not a total solution. And in fact, that puts increased pressures on provincial budgets and those funds are then not present for other services in those provinces. So it's the provincial government providing the relief, not the federal government. And provinces don't have the ability to print their own, to print their own currency. They're at the mercy of the federal government as much as the citizens are in many respects when it comes to macroeconomic policies. So 2024 is going to be a tough one, or at least tougher than 2023 economically, I think. And in fact, it is in Alberta that the government promised to cut personal income taxes and also pass legislation requiring a vote before the government can increase income or business taxes. Manitoba's income tax cuts also could save taxpayers there about $2,000 in the coming year. And over in Quebec, well, they lowered their income tax rate on the first two income tax brackets. New Brunswick implemented income tax relief uh, last year. And even in Prince Edward Island, the income tax rate has been cut to save the middle class the average middle-class taxpayer, about $200. But Trudeau, no, taking the opposite approach. He would prefer to increase taxes, then turn around, take that money, give some of it back in order to buy your vote, thinking that he's going to fool us all into thinking that he is philanthropic generous, kind, and caring because he's trying to buy us with our own money.
Maverick News. The world is watching. Exile The Knights of Malta Maverick News Join us. The world is watching. Okay, I'm back, and yeah, I think it's time to go to the phones. So let's do that, shall we? Um, let me get the number up on the screen here for you. We'll get things rocking and rolling here in a minute. Also, a reminder that if you'd like to support the channel, if you like what we do, you can donate at maverickdonations.com that'll take you to the gives and go donation page or you can also donate at freedomreporters.com that's where most people prefer to do it freedomreporters.com and please consider liking sharing subscribing we're still in facebook jail I wished people a Merry Christmas on Messenger, and I'm still not allowed to use Messenger as a result. Prohibited. I can see messages coming in, but I'm not allowed to respond. So people, I guess, just continue to think I'm being rude. I'm not. I have no way to respond on Messenger. In some cases, I've responded by email to people whose email addresses that I have. If they messaged me, then I respond with an email back so I've done that but I can't respond in messenger maybe tomorrow I can't post on Facebook either on a temporary ban still on in Facebook jail I'll wear it like a badge of honor wear it as a badge of honor So, you know, the um, the whole thing with Trump, just to go back to this before we go to the phones, it's, it's, it's clear that the politics is pretty dirty. And we're seeing some evidence and maybe even a, a, an inadvertent admission of guilt <laughs> tonight from Sheena Bellows from Maine. Hang on a second here. Let me see if I can find you that clip. So yeah, here's, here's Sheena Bellows. Um, really just talking about how 
you know, she has decided that Trump can't be on the ballot, right? In Maine, Democrat. It seems that this push is coming from some people who are closely aligned with the American Civil Liberties Union and um, other political groups, including the Southern Poverty Law Center. Democrat aligned, I would say, neoliberal wokesters. And this is pretty much an admission in this broadcast that was run on C-SPAN with a bunch of these um, lefties pretty much admitting that it's these organizations or people from them, some of the leaders from some of these organizations or people who have previously been involved with or at least have ties to them that are trying to choreograph. It seems like they're trying to choreograph this anti-Trump lawfare being designed to keep them off ballots in various states. Let's, uh, let's run this clip and you can assess for yourself, but some people are out there tonight saying that this is evidence of choreographed lawfare coming directly from these organizations and the people involved who they are characterizing as political activists, anti Trumpers. And uh, Secretary Bellows, would love to hear about your thoughts on like our biggest threats facing uh, our democracy at this point in time. Well, what Secretary Griswold just said and named is something that was unimaginable two years ago or 10 years ago, and that is election sabotage. It is a crystal clear example of what's happening all across the country. So we need to organize to make sure we have better leaders in positions of power to fight back against that. Uh, Secretary Benson talked about uh, voter suppression, and that's something that when we started our careers at the ACLU and Southern Poverty Law Center, fighting back about systematic, structural voter oppression, targeting specifically black and brown voters that's rooted in white supremacy, that is something we have to continue to do work on. And Secretary Merrill talked about the For the People Act and the Freedom to Vote Act. We must have federal standards all across the country. And then finally, just to echo my colleagues, this is rooted in a deliberate and organized campaign to discourage people from participating in our democracy. It is an attack on our very democracy itself because when everyone participates, everything that we care about, social justice, climate justice, economic justice, we win. Those on the other side are trying to discourage people from participating. That's what this really is about. We have to fight back to protect our democracy, to protect everything. That's such a good point. On the surface, that sounds fantastic. But when you dig down deeper and really listen to what was really said, shouldn't it, Shouldn't the effort really be focused on election integrity, making sure one vote, one person, one vote, making sure that you're getting only people who are allowed to vote in voting, voter ID, paper ballots, 
if for no other reason than to address growing concerns about election integrity and the integrity of voting machines. If people are really that concerned about it and it's undermining that the use of such machines is one of the main causes of voter skepticism and a loss of confidence in the system, then why not just return to the paper ballots? Just put people's minds at ease. When you really listen, really listen to what was said, they're all trying to work together, coordinate. So I understand why some people are viewing those comments in the way that they do as being an admission of choreographed lawfare aimed at President Trump. Let's uh, run this brief promo, and when we come back, we will go to the phones. We are Mavericks. We say no to the Trudeau and Biden New World Order. And to bugs. Because bugs are creepy and gross. And people should not eat bugs. Maverick News. The world is watching. Okay, we're getting her cranked up. Here we go. Join the conversation. Call 1-833-975-3733. That's 1-833-975-FREE. Speak up. Speak out. Make your voice heard. Maverick News. Fighting for freedom by defending your right to free speech. Be a Maverick. Join us. Ladies and gentlemans, we are ready to start taking some phone calls. Let's go to our first caller of the night. Go ahead, you're on the air. Can you hear me? Hello. Hello. Good evening. Hi, how are you tonight? I'm, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. You're kind of broken up, but you're getting better now. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, well, I'm getting older and crusty in my old age, so 
I, I kind of <laughs> creak and crackle, and sometimes I break up a little bit. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Well, I'm going to wish you uh, a Merry Christmas if Facebook likes it or not. Heck of <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I kind of wondered where you disappeared to because you're usually pretty good at getting back to me. And I'm thinking, yeah. okay, something's happened. So I don't think you're being rude. I kind of <laughs> figured something happened. And then I didn't see you on Facebook. And I thought, uh oh. <laughs> you disappeared completely. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, I got to love Facebook. Yeah, we'll be back. Anyway, it's like that. We'll so be, did you have a good Christmas? Uh, yeah, yeah. I spent, you know, lots of time with the family and um, did some catching up. So, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for that. How about you, Chris? It was very nice. I spent it with my family and then uh, my daughter-in-law's family uh, also joined in. And because, you know, we got a baby coming in about three weeks here. So um, it was really nice. We all got together. And, yeah, it was really it was really festive. So it was really good. Awesome. I even got a bottle of wine from my son for Chris, for New Year's Eve. How do you like that? <laughs> I don't even get that from him. That's great. So that was nice. Oh, oh yeah. you told me that you ordered um, How the Prime Minister Stole Freedom as a gift. I, I did. And I've actually got... They both uh, actually uh, came in the mail, and um, one's going to be shipped off to my older son here. And um, I actually read it last night. It's quite funny. <laughs> it's quite. It's, quite a, it's a, you know what? It's a nice little souvenir book. I really, I, I really think it's something down years to come when everything settles down, we'll be able to look back at that and go, you know, this this really happened, and this is really cool. You know, like yep. it's like. Kudos to that guy for writing it. And I noticed there's a lot more of his, his, there's a lot more books on Amazon that he wrote as well. Yes, they've done a few now. And uh, yeah, they do a good job over there. I, I love what he's doing. Yeah. Eric Smith and his team. So it's yeah. fantastic stuff. Yeah. And you know what? Amazon actually delivered it. I got it. They said not till January the 3rd. And it came yesterday. So I guess I will continue ordering from Amazon. I guess like I can only trust them. I'm not ordering from nobody else. Never, ever, ever again. Yeah. But it, Amazon was good. I prefer to not have to order anything from a big company like that myself. But, uh, you know, these days, sometimes it's difficult because they your, your choices become more and more limited as the economy becomes yeah. concentrated in terms of ownership, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm going to rant tonight a little bit. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, Alberta, um, the premier, Daniel Smith, is putting our fuel tax back on January the 1st. So people are really, really upset about that because our gas is just starting to come way down. Like, And today I noticed everybody was filling up. So obviously it's gonna, I think it's going to go up either 9 or 13 cents more a liter. I don't know. I don't know why. And she's not doing anything um, about the carbon tax. Now, I did read that the Saskatchewan Premier Gary uh, Scott Moe, I believe his name is, yes. he is taking the carbon tax off of everybody's gas bills starting January the 1st. Nobody in Saskatchewan will pay carbon tax on their bills. He's actually defying Trudeau. He's, yep. And good, good for him. But nothing in, there's no talk or anything about Daniel Smith doing anything like that. She's so focused on and I get it she's focused on the oil and gas and you know she's very concerned of 
what's coming, you know, I mean, the phasing out of, you know, vehicles and all this kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, that's concerning. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. I, I can't see EVs are going to take off anyways. He's not out here. <laughs> I don't know about you, where you live, but they're not very popular out here. And what else? Oh, and healthcare. So do you remember I had messaged you about that little girl? Yes. Okay. So I'll just make it real quick. She's out. She's back home now. She seems to be doing okay. So what I'll tell your viewers is this little girl, she's eight years old. She went to her doctors a few weeks ago for ADHD. The doctor prescribed serotonin for her, which it ended up, it was an adult strength. And this little girl got overdosed on it. So well, both our hospital and, well, our hospital emergency was closed all weekend. And in Castor, it was closed also all weekend. So they ended up, the ambulance took her from our town to Coronation, which is about 95 kilometers away. They get her there. They get her triaged. And they call Star's Ambulance. Stars comes and gets her. Now, mom can't go in with Stars, so mom's driving in her car. They ended up taking her to Edmonton first, but Edmonton couldn't take her. They had no room. So they said, okay, we'll take her to Calgary, which she should have gone to Calgary Stollery Children's Hospital to start with. They get her there, and there's no room. She ended up going back to Red Deer, which is 40 minutes away from here. So now she's had all this time flying around. Her mom's driving all over, not knowing where she's going. The doctor prescribed too much. The pharmacist filled it, not thinking. I think there's a lot of wrongs in that picture. I don't know what's going to happen, but the little girl for now is at home. She's resting. She's still not the greatest, but she's doing better. So I guess that's a good start for the new year. Well, I'm glad to hear that she's on the mend. It was very scary. Yeah, because it was very, it was, she couldn't, um, no matter what they were giving her, wasn't working. She couldn't eat nothing. She couldn't drink nothing. Like she was really, really sick. Actually, she ended up getting a kidney infection from it as well. So I don't know what the long-term effects will be, but, uh, you know, serotonin, serotonin isn't something they can just flush out of your system. Like if it's an overdose, right? It's in your system. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so she's doing well. So as far as that girl d- lady that did that video, she's right. Healthcare sucks. I have no other words to say. <laughs> yeah. That's my rant. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, other than that, life goes on and we wait until the new year and yeah. all these new carbon taxes. And I don't know. If, did you get that message? I told you about the carbon tax out here, how we're being taxed on the carbon tax. Yes, I did see that, but uh, maybe you want to just tell people mm-hmm. a little bit about that. Okay, so out here in Alberta, um, we only pay 5% GST. So on your bill, you get a carbon tax just on the gas on your gas part. So if you have an electric bill or a gas bill combined, or if you just get your gas bill, what it is is my daughter-in-law over Christmas, we were, we were looking at her bills. If you add up your total bill, and then you add the 5% GST, you'll get the total of the GST that's on your bill, the right amount. But then if you re-add it all up again and you take out the carbon tax, it changes completely. So you're paying 5% GST on a, on a carbon tax, which is a tax. Mm-hmm. So you're paying twice. 
tax on a tax. Yep, and that and that is from the federal government that applies that, and a lot of people but you don't even know that. So anybody that's got a carbon bill, go look at it. Do some math. Yeah, I mean, there's not much we can do about it, but it just goes to show you how they keep gouging us every little penny. You know, yeah. it's just it's getting ridiculous. Like, you know, this. It, it, I don't know where the end's going to be, but I'm really hoping. I'm praying that he will call an early election, although he claims he's not going anywhere. But I guess he's lower in the polls from what I hear. The new polls came out yesterday. I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I haven't seen those. Let me so, see if I can find like I guess. what it says. Uh, I'm seeing stuff from a month ago. What, do you know who released that poll? Yes, uh, I don't yesterday? know which one it was. I just I just heard within the last few days another poll came out, so it'll be very very recent. I see. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything that recent. So, okay, well I'll try to find it and then I'll uh, text you the information and to try to find. It. I'll have to find out. I can't remember what because there's there's different polls, right? So yes, yeah, can't different. remember which one it was that I heard. Different, but anyway, yeah, different polls. Sometimes, yeah. So I guess that's all I have to say tonight. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, great talking to you as always. Chris. All right, really I'll let you go. It. Okay, thank you. And okay, have a good night. Right. See you later. Bye-bye. Merry, merry belated Christmas and a happy New Year. And let's get Mike on the line. How are you tonight? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm just fine. Welcome. Good. Yeah, glad to be with you. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, um, you know, add some, some, uh, add some ideas mm-hmm. when you were talking about in light of the current, you know, Middle East Middle East crisis. Mm-hmm. How you were talking about how these days people a lot are saying that. Um, the U.S. did it to itself, right? No, oh, yeah. I just wanted to add. I just wanted to add. Um, I wanted to mention. Uh, I think his name is Prime Minister Gough Whitlam in Australia. Uh, his his presidency, the U.S. actually conspired to remove him from his political seat in Australia, mm-hmm. because he what he wanted to do was he wanted to shut down a U.S. military base called Pine Gap in Australia. It's a very secretive base. And he wanted to pull the Australian army out of the Vietnam War, right? And he wanted to pull Australia out of the British Commonwealth. So the CIA, the British government, and Australian intelligence conspired to get him out of office. So I I would recommend, like, I, looking into that, the man's name is Goff Whitlam, so it's spelled G-O-U-G-H, and then Whitlam, W-H-I-T-L-A-M. Mm-hmm. And also, I would recommend looking into the Salvador option. The Salvador option was something where um, the U.S. would support dictators in Latin America and they, those dictators would send paramilitary forces to be trained at a place called the School of the Americas, which was a military training base in the United States. 
and then they would send these people back to Latin America and the U.S. would work with these governments to fight insurgencies with these paramilitary groups. Mm -hmm. They were basically, they're known historically as death squads, right? Mm -hmm. So it's something to think about. It's something to think about when in light of this current Mideast crisis. Yeah. Like I guess, have you heard of the Salvador option? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and I'm okay. I'm not saying that the United States um, is perfect or that they haven't engaged in uh, you know activities around the world that they maybe shouldn't have been engaged in. I I I see a lot of missteps, um, corruption. The thing about the United States is it's complicated because you have various political forces within a democracy with different objectives. Even you get one president in, you know, Trump's foreign policy completely different than what Biden's foreign policy is. Biden's is more in alignment with what Obama's was. Um, so you get a change in administration, you get a completely different approach to things. You have Bush in power, you've got something else again. You've got the neocons in there. So from administration to administration over time, the United States will align itself and has aligned itself with um, political organizations, paramilitary, even terrorist groups that you have seen at times there are anti-American, our opponents or enemies of America, and yet the United States ends up funding them at some point, or even sometimes you might argue creating these opponents. That's right, yeah. And it's, it's, a lot of it doesn't make sense. That being said, uh, at the same time, you know, I think there's nuance in a lot of this. There is um, an, an, a need for a greater understanding of why at any given time the United States government takes actions that it takes. And the United States isn't the only government that engages in activities that seem to con be contradictory. You can look at Russia or China even yeah. and say, well, why are they aligned with them now? They used to be opposed to them. Um, why did the United States leave all those weapons in Afghanistan? And, you know, I can come up with my own assessment of that. Some of these things don't make sense, but you need to put it in, into mm -hmm. context, uh, you know, in terms of what happened at the time. Why did the government respond the way they did at that time and not fall into the trap of sort of judging everything from a current perspective without understanding what was going on at that moment if you understand True. that sounds saying, wise right? that sounds wise but i was saying when you look at george bush <coughs> barack obama mm -hmm. trump and biden now there seems to be a continuity of policy because bush he said the axis of evil was iraq north korea and iran mm -hmm. uh all throughout the bush and biden administration they kept trying to link Iran to supplying weapons to Iraqi insurgents. Mm -hmm. Then uh, Trump, he, he kills an Iranian general and tries to start war with Iran twice. And you see Obama and Biden starting conflict with Russia and China. And then Biden is also now trying to cause problems with Iran also. 
and Trump seem, when you listen to Trump, he seems to, he's, I, I don't know, Trump is, Trump is a bit confusing. It seems like he, he doesn't want issues with Russia, but China, on the other hand, I'm not sure where he stands on that. China, he sees as the greatest threat. Russia, and I think he's, I think he's, I think he is correct about that because they're they're trying to assert themselves as the dominant economic force in the world now. Yeah. Um, now, Now that's scary what you just said about Trump because it would seem then that Trump is in alignment with Biden and Obama because Biden and Obama created the pivot to Asia, which is a strategy to concentrate U.S. military force into the Asia-Pacific region mm-hmm. because it's going to be the center of economic activity and how Obama came up with the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which is also another part of that um, pivot to Asia strategy. I can, I can understand that point of view. I think the mm-hmm. truth, though, lies in and i wouldn't even say truth is to analyze it with more accuracy with better focus it's not so much about it's not like trump has to have a completely opposite foreign policy to previous administrations it's more about the approach and the way that they're going to deal Mm -hmm. with these countries china is an adversary uh, or at least um, a competitor right and I think Trump mm-hmm. would probably take an approach that would be more aligned with trying to avoid military confrontation. That I would prefer. But, you know, with what we've seen with Pelosi flying over to Taiwan, when you see other uh, U.S. officials flying straight into Taiwan, when China is saying, don't do that, it's like they're poking China right in the eye. Yeah, that was gross. I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't um, like that. So I think that in that way, Biden is really not wise. I don't think the administration there is wise. They are arrogant. I think Trump honestly has a, a more diplomatic approach to things, even though he's always portrayed in the media domestically as being the saber rattler, the, um, you know, the, yeah. but he didn't get us into new wars. I think that his policies were more no. effective overall in keeping us out of these conflicts. That's, And I think that the record speaks for itself in that regard. He went to North Korea and met with Kim, Kim, Kim Jong-un, right? I think that's yeah. a good thing. It's good to talk to other countries much that so. have weapons, right? Um, yeah, yeah Trump, is, Trump is a very... Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say Trump is... I don't know, he's, he's very confusing like he he does one good thing one minute and then he kind of messes it up the next with something else but then he corrects it later he it's i don't know it's very his his actions are very funny to me i can understand that ultimately i can understand that and i think that he He is confusing because it's a very confusing situation. These alliances between countries, they're always shifting. Um, Yes, that's right. You know, and and you you have to understand, too, and I don't mean when I say you, I mean people in general need to take a broader view of this stuff because it isn't just what the United States does. It's what other countries like Russia and China and India and 
you know, Brazil, what these, these other countries are all doing as well. And now they're mm -hmm. jockeying for position and trying to form alliances and partnerships with other countries, including these Arab countries, right? So all mm -hmm. of these things are playing out at the same time. And I think that the, the Biden administration in particular has done uh, with Blinken has done a terrible job of managing relations with Russia. There was a real opportunity there yeah. to um, to really forge a stronger relationship and avoid everything that has happened here and uh, and cement mm -hmm. peace. But instead, we've got just the opposite because um, I think that you're dealing with corruption and money laundering and self-interest in Ukraine. Um, also yeah. some influence from China. And also when it comes to politics, quite often when you're dealing with corruption, it's like what people mm. say to the public and what they even appear to be doing in public is actually just cover for what they're really doing, you know, on the other side of things. They're actually yeah. acting toward the opposite objective when you think they're doing this. It makes politics very mm. difficult to follow and understand. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, it is a very complex, complex world we're dealing with. I guess maybe the other thing I would say is with the Palestine activists, I don't think they necessarily want the destruction of the West. They would prefer what they really want is for the West to do better. I think, you know what I mean? Like um, they just acknowledge that, um, how should I say this? Um, there are commonalities, <coughs> sorry, between the side opposing Palestine and Western nations. There are historic commonalities. And the West is staunchly in support of the side that is not Palestine. And that support can be problematic. I don't think they want the destruction of the West. They just want the West to live up to what it says it is. I feel. Again, I think for a proper analysis, a broader aerial view is needed. And mm -hmm. if you really look to see which countries are lining up and um, on, on each side, it becomes a little bit clearer of what is really going on. It isn't really just a conflict mm -hmm. between Israel and Hamas or Israel and Palestine. These other countries are directly involved. You have... Yeah. Iran supplying weapons. Well, who is Iran aligned with? Iran is aligned these days with China. Iran is aligned with yeah. Russia. Russia has interests in the Middle East as much as the United States does. Maybe not to quite the mm -hmm. same degree, degree because they're, they're drilling for more oil these days and selling more oil and natural gas than the United States does. They're not as reliant, but they certainly have interests there because the United States, because of the war in Ukraine, has become more adversarial. So the Russia, Russia yeah. is responding, right, in kind, because it's not even so much ideological as it is simply about self-preservation, existential threats. It's about um, just taking 
act to preserve and um, enhance uh, geopolitical power as any nation state. Ultimately, I think in terms of political realism, mm -hmm. it's it's just any nation state is 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 predicated on power, projection of power, real power. Yeah. And this is a power struggle. Not so from Russia's perspective, I think it's less ideological, but it's about power. That being said, the other thing, if you really look at it from a, an aerial view, the, the common mm -hmm. thread or the, the, cohe the cohesion of these countries lining up together, it's um, a shared interest in opposing American, what they would say American is American imperialism and capitalism, yeah. which they are conflating yeah. with Zionism. Because I will say this, Rick, like when you look at the BRICS nations, right, like B-R-I-C-S, right, yep. the main nations that founded BRICS, there's one thread that links all those nations, and that's Western colonialism and imperialism, right? Yeah. Like um, Brazil <coughs> was, a, was a Portuguese colony. Mm -hmm. Russia, um, what's his name, uh, Winston Churchill he tried to kill the Bolshevik revolution in his crib, right? Mm -hmm. Because Britain, France, the United States, and Japan invaded Russia during the Bol Bolshevik revolution. Um, which else? Yeah. So we, we did Brazil, Russia, um, India. India. India was obviously a British colony for like, I think, 300 years. Mm -hmm. China, China was pretty much colonized and split and split in pieces by Britain, the United States, Germany, France, to the point that American military vessels were patrolling the Yangtze River. And then, um, yeah, and then South Africa was was colonized at first by people from the Netherlands and then taken over by the British, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So... I think um, that history, like these nations, are, they have not forgotten that history. And I think we need to take that into consideration also, especially with what's going on in the Middle East and whatnot. Like, I would say that Western capitalism, the way I look at it is, is, is an ecosystem, right? That the U.S. enforces. And when you challenge that ecosystem, then they will use violence. And, or they will use sanctions or whatever tool they can use to put your country back in place. That's why I think they're lining up against Western capitalism, right? Yeah. Because they probably don't have a problem per se with capitalism because India and Russia are capitalist nations. It's just how the West imposes it on the rest of the world that they have a problem with. Yes, because they use the dollar as a weapon. Uh, because yeah. it's the default currency. And it's, oh, we're going to sanction you, and we're going to sanction you, and we're going to freeze your bank accounts, <laughs> yeah. right? That's what they do. Yeah. So, yeah, I, to I totally get yeah, why they want right. to get off the U.S. dollar, because they want to be sovereign. They want to, to have self-determination, as any nation state does. They don't want to buy into this globalist agenda. They want autonomy yeah. from all of that and to have that you need to have control of your economy you can't have that if you're dependent on a u.s dollar as the world reserve currency so absolutely i totally get it 
But that being said, yeah. you know, it's it's a little yeah. simplistic, I think, sometimes when people just view all of this, though, through the lens of American imperialism or colonialism from the, you know, the British side, Western countries. Again, you need to, I think, is or we need to look at this globally, also through the mm. other opposite lens of where Russia and China are coming from on this, because even right now, Russia is in South Africa. They have been using Wagner, Wagner mercenaries to, to mm -hmm. go in there, and they're exploiting the diamond mines in South Africa, yeah. even as we speak. So they engage in a lot of activities that don't get any scrutiny from us Quite here possible. in the West, right? It's absolutely, and, and it's, they're doing that on a budget. Like they don't even have to expend resources mm. through their own military. They're using these yeah. hired guns to essentially go in there and just kind of oversee operations. And it's going on right now. And I don't necessarily yeah. blame these countries for doing what they're doing. I'm just saying that all, all countries kind of engage in these activities that enhance their power, uh, you know, mm. are in their own self-interest economically. So, they're not all they're not all squeaky clean and the united states no. responds on a lot of this stuff and the western countries are, are end up being damned if we do damned if we don't because we have such an eclectic uh political and economic yeah. history you can point to i would say, say oh see they're guilty of that and guilty of that and focus only on the negative and i don't think that's always fair yeah sorry uh not to, not to cut you off but i i would say like what I learned, especially from like your friend of the show, Caleb Maupin, and a little bit from my own research is that mm -hmm. Africa actually has a very friendly relationship with Russia because mm -hmm. yeah. the kind of policy that the Chinese are doing now where like they'll swap infrastructure for natural resources, the Russians under the Soviet Union started that, right? Yeah. And the Russians also kind of help with decolonization in Africa in various ways. So countries like south africa they look on russia favorably as a friend right? yes yeah so that might explain some of why and i mean africa too they have a lot of problems and issues with terrorism um the part in south africa i yeah i would have to look into that more I, like i didn't know that wag wagner was was there in south africa but um, there, yeah and they yeah, do they for, do that for optics too because then they can't mm -hmm. be accused of having Russian military there, so they use mm -hmm. these private military para paramilitary organizations to go in and 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 just to do some of the things that they need done right. Even and you know the other stuff is the the other thing to consider is that media is much more controlled in these other countries, and as a result. Yeah, there's a lot of information that doesn't come out, and if you look at what is going on in South Africa in the in the aftermath of apartheid, uh, mm -hmm. there's kind of a lot of well, you're, you're seeing farmers, and I'm I'm careful, have to be careful what I say here because we're on YouTube, but you you see, I understand, yeah, you know, white farmers, really bad things have happened there, really really bad things. Um, you see the ANC mm -hmm. even under Mandela, which is essentially communistic and they've engaged mm -hmm. in very authoritarian things and even violence um mm -hmm. where the, you know we've seen incidents with people being burned alive in in uh you know covered with tires and then having them set ablaze mm -hmm.
things like that. Mm -hmm. And you don't hear about that in the media over here. So it's not always as simple as people make it out to be. And I, I think that we here in the West, we take it on the chin uh, a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're much more vulnerable to propaganda, um, information warfare, because we do have not we're having an increasing amount of censorship, but we still have some degree of freedom of speech, freedom of media. And that's exploited, I think, mm -hmm. by political activists here domestically, foreign governments. Um, and as a result, it, it ends up undermining a lot of confidence that we have in our own institutions and our government. And but I'll take it. I'll take the freedom that that, you know, comes with that chaos because i prefer the freedom with the chaos than less freedom and more stability if that makes sense to you yeah freedom freedom is use freedom is valuable for sure mm -hmm. for sure i suppose i'll let you i'll let you go now so you can go to the next caller all right well thank you very much for calling in tonight greatly appreciate it, it was a great call and um very thoughtful yeah, thank discussion you, yeah. thank you really good yeah thank you yeah have a good night all right look forward to the next one bye then yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. Bye then. And Bye. I think we lost that caller. I think he hung up. Yeah, I don't think you're there. Are you there? Or did you hang up? He's Gonzo. Hello. Oh no, hang on a sec here. Oh. Oh, you're there. Okay, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, Rick. Hello. It's Paul here. Hey, how are you tonight? Good. Good. How was your Christmas? It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. We had turkey dinner. And uh, everyone missed you. Everyone missed you for a few days. Oh, well, I miss I, I miss being on here, honestly. Um, I, I, I enjoy being here every night. I do. It's a privilege. Well, I sent you something in the mail by snail mail. I don't know if you got it yet. No, but I want to also wish everyone a happy new year. All the best. Well, thank you. I'll keep an eye open for whatever it is that you sent me. A Christmas surprise, a, a, a belated Christmas surprise, or New Year's surprise. Looking forward to that. Thank you. All righty. All right, and, and a Happy New Year. All right, to get you. on to your next caller. Okay. Happy New Year, Rick. All right, take care. See you. Bye. Okay, somebody else wants to talk about Turkey. Who's on the line? Hi, my name Hello. is Ernest. Hello? <laughs> Hello. My, my, my name is Ernest. I'm from uh, uh, from Ottawa, and I voted liberal, and I'm going to keep voting liberal, Rick. Oh, you're well. Okay, you know, you're going to be. <laughs> you know why I want to vote liberal? Why is that? Why would you want to do that? Because I get everything for free, Rick. Everything. Oh my! I work yeah, for the government. Well, we'll end up paying the price for you then. I even get free tampons now, Rick. <laughs> And I, it, and Mr. Trudeau is so kind. He, he, you know, when he gave that money to We Charity, yeah, <laughs> he's a kind man. He's a kind man, Rick. Well, thought he is. We'll see. We'll see how much longer he sticks around. Yeah, well, the, all the other liberals out there, DK, yeah, she's on there. She's liberal. I know she's liberal. <laughs> Anastasia, she's liberal. Oh, absolutely. I can tell. <laughs> PDS. He's he's liberal. He's kind of like uh, uh, what we call a half Jewish, half Nazi. <laughs> I like that guy. 
because I'm liberal. That that is a liberal. Oh man, that is a liberal man. That is a liberal. A liberal is just a a Nazi in disguise these days. I think. <laughs> yeah, liberals are stuck in between the worlds, buddy. Big yeah. time. Yeah. Very right. So people. you know, when when I watch the news every day, it's like, wow, man. You know, I. I I, I try and stay away from the mainstream media. Like all I have is global TV on an app. Yeah. And one of the headlines were one of the biggest headlines today on global TV was there's going to be a rise in head lice in Canada. Hmm. Oh, good. I wonder why. Yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. Well, it does. You don't have to look too far to come up with the answer to that. Just one hundred percent. What is look at what's coming in through the airport, right? <laughs> Itchy and scratchy time, folks. Yeah, you got kids in you got kids in grade school. Look out! You better get a pet monkey. Put them on the put them on their backs. If and, and you know, Leo, you, you've touched on something that is just so obvious. If you if there's a reason to not vote liberal, just look at what's going on in the men's washrooms with tampons. If you have a government that is putting tampons in men's washrooms, it makes no sense. It should tell you right there that we are not dealing with serious, stable people. We're dealing with people who have real serious issues and they should not be running a country. And it's on the backs of the taxpayers. Yeah. It's not like Justin showing out out of his own back pocket for tampons in the bathroom. Yeah. We're paying for this shit folks. Yeah. Okay, it's it's sickening what's going on, and you know, he thinks it's great. He's oblivious, okay, to, to the polls. He's oblivious to everything, right? So, you know, I said the only solution out of this is an election, okay, and the only way you're going to get an election is to put as much pressure as you can on your local NDP. Yeah. Okay, there's only how many NDP are there? A hundred of them. Yeah. So um, you, you pull a convoy style, okay, and you, and you don't leave. And you are, it's not an occupation. It's a protest out front. You want, you're calling for something legitimate called an election. And they're the only ones who hold the keys to that, folks. The liberals aren't going to call it. Are you crazy? Yeah. They're going to try and stay in power as long as they can. Yeah. You only have 25 NDP members of parliament federally. And... Um... And they're the ones propping up the government. They need the they need that those twenty five NDP members. There's only twenty five seats. Yeah, they only have twenty five out of three hundred. So you know, over a whole, okay, and you see how people protested up in Ottawa, in Toronto, and everything else. Now, for rural Canadians out there that can't make it to Toronto or Ottawa, okay, do the same thing. You could do it if there's only twenty five seats NDP, and you set up protests in the 25 areas mm-hmm. believe me though they'll, they'll be calling for an election they'll be scared scared mm-hmm. straight yeah i hope so and that's what you have to do you're not going to get it any other way you know people are saying oh well he's going to call justin's going to call for an election he ain't calling for no election don't kid yourself not if you he know, doesn't have he's to. calling for a call he's calling for a coalition mm-hmm. yes and even though Jagmeet Singh came out this past week and said he was ruling out a coalition government if, you know, after the next election, no matter what, I don't believe him, not for a second. He, he'll form a coalition in a heartbeat again. 
I'm setting up something down here in Windsor, Ontario for Brian Massey's office, which is only six blocks from my house. Okay, and yeah. it'll be a protest. And Brian Massey is one of the longest uh, politicians in, in, in Parliament to date. Yep. What has he got, 25 years in office? He's been around a long time, yeah. Right, and he hasn't accomplished nothing. He got his finally his one-on-one sports betting bullshit or whatever, right? I still haven't utilized it. I haven't made a wager. But that's all he fought for. Okay, and then he did it on the backs of the union workers. The union workers can't stand what's going on now. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking you know, up when he was when it, was he first elected? Um well anyway, he's been around and he was down there when I was working in Windsor with C T V. Yeah, he's held different uh, positions as critical uh, critic uh, to uh, the border and everything else, right? Yeah. So he's been he's been laying around on the backs of taxpayers doing nothing, okay? Nothing. Welfare. The guy gets a pension now, oh, full yeah. pension. He's he'll get honors. He's one of the longest. He is the longest NDP in that cabinet federally. Yeah, he was the first elected in 2002 federally. He'd been on municipal council before that. Um, yeah, he's in Windsor West. That's the old liberal stronghold of um, Herb Gray, who right. was a powerful liberal for a long time. And then um, Rick Limoges, I think, took over that seat for a short time after Herb Gray, but then unseated by Massey. As I recall, is that is that correct? Am I got that about right? That sounds right. Yeah, Herb Gray. Believe it or not, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak nice of somebody that's in the Liberal Party of Canada that was in the Liberal Party of Canada. He's passed and gone. It was Herb Gray? Mm-hmm. You know, liberals weren't bad once upon a time, guys. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, Howard McCurdy was a liberal. Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, Herb Gray is another liberal. There were good liberals out there that would be turning, they're turning in their graves today. Going, what the fuck has happened here? You know, their party's going to be disseminated in the next election. If they even get party status, that's scary. If you were a longtime liberal, uh, uh, paying, uh, dues member or whatever, okay, that's scary. Somebody's going to fall. It's either going to be the NDP with no status or the liberals. I hope it's, I hope it's both. Wasn't, wasn't McCurdy a new Democrat? I think he was NDP. No, I, I thought uh, Brian, uh, uh, Howard McCurdy was a liberal. I thought he was. He could have been NDP, but they're both the same, right? Yeah. And that's what people don't get. Yeah. Okay, if, if you vote for a liberal, if you vote NDP because they're speaking of uh, the uh, universal dental plan and everything else, and it sounds really nice, okay? They're the same as the liberals. A vote for the NDP is a vote for the liberals. A vote for the liberals is a vote for the NDP. Yes. Now, if you apply pressure on those 25 members in protests where they can't even operate their business, mm-hmm. believe me, uh, they're going to call on Jagmeet Singh. And if Singh don't do anything about it, he's going to get he's going to get his ass handed to him. Right. So, you know, when it, when it comes down to party status, people get scared. Will you be there in the next election? You know, these people are fighting for what? Free money, our money. They work for us. 
they're supposed to be anyways. That's right. Exactly right. Right. So when they stop working for us, the way that we see it, uh, it's sickening. Really, it is. And as for the uh, the, the war going on in, in Russia or in Ukraine, they just can't take part of it and call it off. Russia has to take it all. Or they're going to have their own little Palestine. Mm-hmm. Okay, you just can't leave Kiev and take Odessa and everything else surrounding it. You're going to have that area, though, that's always going to be, what, rebellious to Russia, and it's never going to end. So Russia has to act. they got to get their shit together and just... You know, I, I think I know what Russia is trying to do, and that's trying to drain as much money from the West as possible because they're supporting that conflict. Yeah, which is actually every day that it goes. Which is actually yeah, the opposite. So, the The West was the United States. I think was trying to use this to drain the resources from Russia, but I think it's turning into the opposite. Well, how many how many countries have sanctions against Russia, and how many countries don't? The majority of the countries don't have any sanctions against Russia. Yeah. 161 countries that are for Russia. Yep. So, you know, it didn't work out the way that America planned, but look who's running the show in America. Yeah. Right. It's, you know, you get, you get what you get and, uh, you know, for them to discriminate and uh, try and disqualify somebody running, especially in, in the presidential election. And see the United you know, States wanted, European countries to stop buying energy from Russia, especially with the Ukraine conflict raging and the European countries wouldn't do it. They, they needed the energy. So what ended up happening? Nord Stream pipeline gets blown up. Yeah. And we know who did that. Yeah. Yeah. We got to, we, 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 I'm not going to say it because you're on YouTube, but we all, we, I think we all know who did that. Yes. And it, and it's funny because sovereign nations that are in Canada and we have sovereign nations within Canada called the natives. Mm-hmm. Okay. And every reserve sovereign. Now they all have a council and they make their own rules. It's not, well, they sell gas and they were selling Russian gas forever. Rick. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I wasn't aware that they I, were I, importing specifically <laughs> Russian gas. I thought it was just coming in through the, the world market. So some of it could have been coming from Russia for sure. Um, no, no, the, the, yeah, there was Russian gas on the reserves for the longest time. I never bought it because it was Russian. We used to call it dirty fuel, right? Yeah. There'd be particles in it and shit, right? It hurt, do more damage to your vehicle. But once the sanctions came, there was no more Russian gas on the reserves. It was all the uh, North American gas, right? So their gas was good. Their diesel's great. And I buy it from there now, right? But yeah, yeah, Russia, Russia, Russia is taking control. And it's backfiring in the West's face, man, and it's it's pretty sad. Everybody knew it. Yeah, you can't tell me there's that many stupid people in Washington and in and in Parliament that didn't know the outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be like Quebec trying to go against the United States of America. Yeah, you know the outcome, but yet you know the Russians would probably be happy to finance that one. Yeah, well, we've been saying it, yeah, we've been saying it here for a long time since the uh, you know the beginning of the special military operation into Ukraine. You know, I think the writing was on the wall even back then. So this is just right. You know, I didn't expect it to take this long, but oh, it's taking time. I didn't expect. I thought it would have been done in six months, but 
that's why I, I've come to the, my senses that they're bleeding the West slowly but surely. Yep. Right. Let's take as long as we can. Russia's not hurting. Look at their economy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watch videos from all over the world. Uh, Russia's economy is pumping, folks. Yeah. They're not in a food crisis uh, where uh, they're paying 300% more for a loaf of bread than they were three years ago. That's right. Right. Uh, Russia, uh, their fuel is not a dollar fifty a liter. Yeah, that's also that's why I, today. That's also why I say you have to look at these, all of these conflicts that, whether you're looking at what's going on in China with Taiwan or the Middle East, you have to to, to consider what these other countries are doing and the influence they're having as well. And I think that you know Russia, China, especially those two countries, and Iran, they're they're manipulating the geopolitical reality even more so than the United States. They're in more control than people realize. And uh, it's not enough to just kind of always look at what the United States is doing. We're not controlling everything anymore. So not at all. Not at all. And the United States hasn't won a war since Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it was the Allied forces in Japan, or the United States didn't come into the end of World War II in Europe. Okay, A lot of people don't know that. They think the United States was there from the beginning. They weren't. They came in the last 15 months of that war. right? And they came out as the heroes and the superpower and everything else. Uh, If it wasn't for uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, who knows what would have happened with Japan, right? Yeah. So they... Yeah, you know, yeah, they're a nuclear power, and they, they they have that in in a way that's a good thing for us. But who's gonna who's gonna use it first is the question, right? Well, the, the realities are changing, and it's been the nuclear bomb that has given Western countries, the West, um, not just the military dominance uh, since World War II, but also the economic dominance, because we've had mm-hmm. the 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 military power. That extent has extended to economic power all around the world as well. But that reality is changing. It's no longer a unipolar geopolitical reality. It's a multipolar geopolitical reality. And we are facing, as a result, serious economic repercussions from that. Right. And as the America thins out what you're doing with these conflicts with Ukraine and Israel and whoever else, right, around the world, mm-hmm. their military thinned, thinned right out, guys. Yeah. So, you know, they might have the nuclear weapons and this and that, but they don't have the military they had when I was growing up as a kid, not even close. Yeah, and we've had administrations <clears throat> that have allowed the U.S. military to diminish under Obama well, and Clinton. Um how- how did Iraq end in a stalemate? Yeah. How did Korea end in a stalemate? How did uh, Afghanistan end? Disastrous stalemate, 20 years of war. Yep. And for what? Right. And it, and it made the fall of Saigon look like a joke compared to what Afghanistan had. Yeah. So uh, what happened in Vietnam? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Vietnam became what? One country. Yeah. Just... Right. So I don't know, you know, I don't know where I'm going with it, but America is not as powerful as everybody thinks militarily on the ground. Yeah. They are in the air. They are on the sea. 
but on the ground, man, I don't know. So maybe letting in all these immigrants and putting them in the military and sending them to the front lines of the meat grinders might be a good thing after all. You know, you, you, do, you can't you can't rule through fear, power. You, you can't. So ultimately, no. if you're you think you're going to go into any country, use your military to change things. Um, I shouldn't say that entirely. I mean, you can, but you need to then always have control. You become authoritarian as a result. You can't, what am I saying is you can't get freedom. You can't get democracy, true democracy or freedom through well, the use of it, coercion and force. It wasn't long ago that uh, Canadians were considered a peacekeeping nation. Yeah. And we did a lot of things on the humanitarian front throughout the world with our military. Mm -hmm. You know, we weren't out fighting uh, uh, Yugoslavia. My poor brother was there peacekeeping. They didn't even have bullets. They just sat like referees on the sidelines. Yep. Yeah. Right. So they weren't allowed to engage. Um, Somalia, the same thing, right? They weren't allowed to engage, but they just sat there, right? So I don't yeah. At the end of the day, Rick, I just wish peace upon everybody for the whole wide world. And, uh, you know, but I don't see it happening. Not anytime soon. Yeah. Well, we'll pray for better things in 2024. Great on, mister. Yeah. Thank you, Leo. Get to your next caller. All right. You have a great night, my friend. You too, buddy. All right. Let's bring John in. Hello, Sir John. Oh, just watch the good hockey fight. You missed it. <laughs> Leaf <laughs> guy got hammered. <laughs> uh, Bennett, whatever his name is. Anyways. So you're watching the fights hoping that a hockey game breaks out, eh? <laughs> I got your shirts, by the way. Yeah, it's and I'm really gonna good. I'll send you at some point um a uh, like a a golf type shirt, polo shirt. I just didn't have any left in your size, John. I was gonna send you one of those too. So that will well, be coming your way when we get more made. Yeah. I, I was at the town center today, and yeah. there's a store, clothing store, they're selling T-shirts. But they never had my size. They never had two, any 2X. They're all extra large, large. $4.99. And they had, like, Metallica. They had uh, Johnny Cash, all kinds of nice shirts. I looked at them, and I go, yeah, they had Philadelphia Eagles, and I, I go shit, man. But none of them, they're all <laughs> no, didn't have my size. Uh, Four ninety nine. I go, wow, we're in big trouble if people are just giving stuff away like that. I don't know, but yeah, I, 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 I see a lot of people talking about Russia's gas prices. I. I just Googled it. You know what they sell their gas there? It's equivalent to uh, Canadian 60 cents a liter. Yeah. That's that's the way it should be. Yeah, that's <laughs> the way it should be. But, you know, we got a problem, you know. We should we, we have to wipe out all the Jews. I'm mean, not the Jews. No, the Jews are they can stay. Americans can stay. Canadians, WF can stay. 
We got to wipe off all the Muslims. They got to go. Every one of them, Rick. We got to wipe them all out. Russia, we got to wipe Russia out. Everything. Whoever That's not very follow, nice, Johnny. Hey, hey, whoever, whoever doesn't want to follow the WEF, they got to go. <laughs> I, I see Anastasia talking about WEF. Just, just for right. our friends at YouTube and the censors, John is not serious about any any of that. Uh, That's complete I'm not sarcasm, no, folks. No, no. Okay, just, just so you know, so we don't get banned for hate speech. He's, he's not even joking. Oh, no, 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 it's no. just sarcasm uh, I, is what he's I'm saying. being sarcastic because I don't like what's going on. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it, it's, you know, this is a time for peace, not a time for this stupid war. And it's all politics. You know that. Everybody knows it's all about politics. You, you know, my friend, he's, he's from Israel. And you know what he told me? Uh, like uh, Gaza and the West Bank, they built a wall around it, okay? Mm -hmm. But they said we have to build it 30 miles in. We need a buffer zone in case of any, you know, rockets or anything, right? Uh, so, so they built it 30 miles in, and they left a, 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 a buffer zone around it. And you know what? He says, today they're building houses. <laughs> the Jews are building homes there, farmland. <laughs> they're using the land up. <laughs> they're not stupid. So um, I, I was watching a show. What do you want to – they already got models and plans. They want to build beach houses in, in Gaza, multi-million dollar beach houses in Gaza. You know, they've already got the layouts done and everything. They already got the plans. <laughs> they got uh, the land. They, they know where they're going to put them all. And, and parks. They want to build parks in there. Oh, yeah, they got plans. They already got the plans to do it. Uh, uh, another friend of mine, he's a real... He's always pushing the Bible on me. He's always pushing Jesus on me. He's telling me to download this Bible app. I downloaded it like an idiot, and then I couldn't get rid of it. <laughs> Anyways, I finally got rid of it. But the guy's a real, real Bible thumper, right? This guy, he's a good guy. He's very Christian. He's always telling me to watch the Christian shows. He hates Muslims. And he hates, he wants, he says, we got, what they did on October 7th, he says, we got to wipe them all out. All of them. They all got to go. I said, what side would Jesus take? And he's never talking to me again about that. <laughs> you know, like, you're a goddamn, you know, fake. You know, uh, you know, I, 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 I just can't. You know how many people are under that rubble there that they can't find? They're missing. They're not even. They're not even in the list. There's like twenty-one thousand. There's probably another twenty thousand in the rubble that they can't find. They need cranes to lift all this shit up. Can't get in there. These guys are working by hand. Unbelievable, Rick. You know. Anyways, we're 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 we're. we're what what, what are you doing to your dog? Is that you in the back? Is that your dog, John? I don't have a dog. I got a cat. Is that Lee, you, Leo? Must be Leo. That's dog. me, Rick. 
The ball to the south still on your station, listening. <laughs> what, what's going on, Leo? How's uh, how's hey? Uh, I seen you. I seen you there uh, in the bar. There was that bar in in, in Windsor. What the gay bar? Is it a bar? Was it a bar with that with the eagle emblem in the back? No, that was my buddy's uh, garage. Oh, cool! That was that was yeah, cool. He, yeah, he's all set up, man. He's uh, yeah, he's doing well that guy. That looked like fun there. Yeah, I seen that on. You <laughs> like a good time there. It looked like uh, dancing away. <laughs> Did, did you see that video I posted? No, I didn't. But my uh, my daughter, I hardly get tricked, Rick. Ever. My son, he's eighteen years old. I'm watching football last week, Sunday or Saturday, and he comes in the living room with a forty pounder of vodka. Well, they took the vodka; it was an empty bottle, and they put water on it. And he sits down next to me, and my wife, and we're having a party, right? And everybody's in, in, in the living room. I said, what are you guys doing in here? My daughter's filming it. Yeah. My son says, watch this, Dad. And he grabs the bottle, and he starts chugging it. Right? <laughs> <And> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you're going to fucking puke all over, all over my furniture, you stupid fucker. And I, and I didn't know my daughter was filming it. I told her, don't put that shit on Facebook, right? But uh, it was pretty funny. They got me good because he's only 18. I don't want that kid drinking at all, period. Oh, no, don't get him. Right. Going but, that's, that stuff's hard. But, yeah, yeah, I'm a really nice guy. And it, the look on my face, the blood was just boiling, right? <laughs> and then they said, it's just water. And I was like, oh, my God, you got me good. <laughs> ah. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. Did you have a good Christmas, Johnny? Uh, yeah, it was quiet. I, I didn't really go, uh, well, I went, I went to a, a, a few places, but I didn't really get crazy. Everybody that I know, uh, part of my family that went everywhere that wanted me to go, they all got colds now or the flus or colds. I don't know. <laughs> they, all, they all got colds, put it that way. They're all sick. And, uh, I didn't get sick. Thank goodness. Knock on wood there. Uh, yeah, me either. I didn't get sick at all. It's flu season, and right now, if you start, you know, like uh, a friend of mine, I said to him, what, what are you doing for New Year's? He goes, oh, I think I'm going to go to the casino. I said, wear rubber gloves, man. Because <laughs> you, you know how many people got colds in there? They're in there pulling those levers and touching buttons, and all it takes is you to, touch, you know, to grab, touch your eye or something, and boom, you, you're going to have a cold. Yeah, I got garlic and honey that I've been fermenting. Okay, and whenever I don't feel like if I feel off, I'll have some of that, a teaspoon of that. Hot peppers that I canned, I uh, blended down into a paste. You know, uh, like just now I had uh, chicken wings I put in my wife's brand new uh, Ninja Air Fryer. I wanted to test it out. It worked out great. But my son came upstairs and made some hot sauce. It, you are what you eat, right? I don't go and buy Buckley's. I don't even take aspirins. Do you know? I, 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 yeah, you are what you eat is right. Like you look, I was listening to this one doctor. You look at Greece, for instance. They all smoke like chimneys, drink like fish. Okay. And they live like 80, 90 years old. Well, how can that be? When you're a heavy smoker, you're, Heavy drinker, and it's to what they eat, the Mediterranean I, diet. Well, this funny you say that because this Italian guy, 
He's uh, my buddy's uh, father-in-law. He's 93 years old. He smokes a pack a day, every day. Okay. Drinks his, his Beano. Okay. Uh, and he grows his own tomatoes in his own garden. Okay. And I went out to his garden this year and he had these, the biggest tomatoes I've ever seen. They look like almost the size of my head. One tomato. Right. So he gave me, yeah, I swear to God, they're, they're huge. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Organically grown. And I like tomatoes. I like a a nice sliced tomato on my bacon sandwiches. These tomatoes were so big that one slice would have took up. Like if you put two pieces of bread together, it would have been great. So I had to cut them down. I was like, but this guy grows and he gave me the, uh, the heirloom seeds and he got these seeds out of Portugal or wherever, right? Of these tomatoes. I went, these aren't, these are pumpkins, man. These aren't tomatoes. <laughs> delicious, but he's alive. He's kicking and he, he eats a lot of these tomatoes, man. So you are what you, you eat. You know, uh, somebody talking, a lot of people talking about honey on here, eh? Uh, my cupboard, I've got about 12, 12 jars of honey and they've been sitting in there for a couple of years. I keep getting more. I know someone who grows, has a farm, and they, they have honey. They make honey, and it's pure mm-hmm. honey, pure honey. Right. Do, do you know what they they tell me? Honey will never go bad. It'll last forever. It'll go rock hard. No, it'll last forever. Real honey will, huh. will last forever. The, the stuff you buy in the store is all sugar. That's yeah. why it goes rock hard. In fact, did you Real know? Honey. Did you know that honey is um, one of the top three faked foods in the world, made with sugar and glucose and faked? fructose? Faked, yeah, or is adulterated, what diluted with corn syrup and sugary pro- ingredients like that? Um, it's mm. one of the top three foods in the world to be. Um, what's the, what's the second syrup? Um, I don't know. I just know that because I was reading an article about a week ago about honey in this exact topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you you could get the Aunt Jemima or whatever it's called now. They had to uh, change the name, whatever it's called. You could get it for three dollars a thing. I tell them I haven't eaten it in years. That's but, all uh, sugar. Yeah, my wife, she, she, I make sure she buys the uh, the Canadian pure maple syrup that yeah. comes in the fancy big bottles. It looks like whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's like $16, $17 a bottle. I don't care. Right? I, I got just this like one it. jar. It's like a couple of jars here that it's like at least five years old. Where are they? Let's see if it's rock hard there, my friend. I got to take put all some, the Johnny, put some, take some garlic, whole garlic cloves, okay? Yeah. Okay, so take the skin off them, obviously, and put them in that honey, okay? And let it ferment for a month. You got it moves yourself like some... crazy. Look, I can, I yeah. can shake it. When you, I got six, seven jars here. I, I eat a, when I eat a, a I, I buy the, the, the honey in the stores, and it goes hard, like you said. But I, well, when I come to Toronto to see you, I want one of those jars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. This stuff's like gold. <laughs> but, but I, um, yeah, you get it. You get it from the. Anyways, the uh, uh, um, stuff from the store. I take a spoon. Like I, I like a spoonful in the morning. Like a spoon. This stuff here, when I take a spoonful of this, it kind of makes you. 
You know what I mean? It kind of hits you right in the throat. It hits you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's so pure. And it's, it's a real kicker, man. And, uh, I haven't been, I haven't been eating it much lately, but I should get back into it again. If you drink coffee with sugar, eliminate the sugar, put the honey in it. Same thing with tea, man. Yeah. It's good for you. you you're going to live to a hundred years old. I'm telling you. And, and do that with the garlic. Okay. You're going to make yourself, well, well, you're going to make yourself a cough syrup. Sorry. Sorry. I, I, I wasn't paying attention. The garlic. Yeah. Put a bunch of garlic in it. Okay. Well, you're going to have to dump some out. Mince, don't dump mince it, garlic you're talking about? No, don't mince it. Keep it whole. Okay. Oh, you know, whole the clothes. Yeah. 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 The, Okay, and just put it in there, and after a month, it'll it'll ferment. Okay, it won't go bad, and it'll get even runnier because it'll take out the uh, the liquid of the the garlic, and it'll, it'll mix, be like mix. a sweet but sweet garlic, eh? Right, and a teaspoon of that a day will keep the doctor away. Really? Well, I know people, man, that live by it. No, and they're living, garlic, and they're garlic good. is. Uh, the ladies don't like when you eat garlic. They don't like to be around you too often. <laughs> <laughs> garlic breath. <laughs> yeah, but you got that honey, right? So, but yeah, there's yeah, an yeah, antioxidant, yeah. right? An I, antioxidant. I eat garlic all the time. I love garlic. I I, I looked it up, guys. And, and the other two foods that are adulterated and faked most, I didn't know this. Apparently, milk is one, and the other one is olive oil. Milk. Milk. I don't know how well, they do that, but apparently, it's. One of the top three, yeah, and honey, huh. honey is number three. Yeah, well, the milk does taste funny. When I was a kid, I used to go to the farm and I get uh, raw milk. Right, mm-hmm. uh, my buddy owned a, a, a cattle farm, and uh, they had the vats and everything. Right, and they unpasteurized milk, and you could you know the difference when you taste that compared to what you buy in the stores. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. We're talking worldwide, so I don't know how much of... What is that sound? Is there a I don't know. That ain't that me. My, my cat. I'm trying to get it off me. John's <laughs> under attack. Cat. Get out of here. <laughs> we just mentioned a saucer of milk. My shirt. And, oh, my and cat God. Out of the woodwork. And now John's under this attack. Cat everywhere. It misses me when I leave. You know, like, uh, it starts howling and... Doesn't want, doesn't want me to leave. Well, after the call, play with your pussy. <laughs> I don't want, this cat's old, man. You see, I take good care of it. it you know, it's like, uh, it's probably 80 years old in human lives. <laughs> it's it's old. Live forever, buddy. Well, I hope it does. I don't want to, I don't want it to go because it's, I got a train right now, you know. I got a Shih Tzu that outlived my first Rottweiler. My American Bulldog, and me and my wife were talking the other night. I think the dogs can outlive me. Okay, it's been, like, I went through what? three different dogs. I swear to God, the Shih Tzu and it's running around. You still have that, eh? That, you still have that dog? Yeah, the Shih Tzu's outlived, I'm telling you, 20 years. Okay. Yeah. I've, had, I've had three different dogs, and they've all died, different breeds, but the Shih Tzu's yeah. still alive running around, and the cat. They're vicious, though, aren't they? Well, he's, she's mellow now, but yeah. She's old now, but yeah, because they, they had, I, when I see one of those, I kind of stay away. <laughs> I've had too many heat con- <laughs> friction. They, they, they kind of don't like me sometimes. Well, you don't like anybody. <laughs> They're very possessive. Yeah. I, I think that dog's eating the uh, honey and garlic. Uh, <laughs> so, 
Any predictions for the New York mouse? What do you think? Uh, it's going to be a lot bloodier than it was last year around the world. Guaranteed. Or your, yes. your money back. <clears throat> yeah, it's 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 sickening uh, what's going on. Um, it's not going to change. I, I, I agree with you. Not going to change. These people, the... They, they they've got they've got an agenda, and like Anesty says, one world government. That's what the it's it's in the books, and uh, it's like our government is being run by Schwab. You know, Schwab tells them what to do, <laughs> and we're and, and we're just. Uh, I I I hope I don't like any politician, but Polyev, I think. He'll open up the oil fields. He'll get rid of this electric cars, and they're talking about it. Every, not, people are starting to wake up now. You know, even the news. I'm I'm surprised. I'm watching the news, and they go, "Before you buy an electric car, you got to think of the charging time. the The weight of the car is a lot heavier than a regular car. Uh, tow trucks can't pick it up. It's going to cost you like, <laughs> you know, they don't last as long." They're telling you all the bad, nothing good. Oh, the only good thing is you save a lot of money on gas. <laughs> That's the only good thing that they said. Yeah, him saying, Trudeau saying he's going to make it affordable, the, the vehicle. Okay, it's not going to happen, Johnny. Just like he made housing non-affordable and the cost of living non-affordable for He's a disaster. Everything, he's a disaster. Everything he says is a disaster. I may you know? not have a job on, on this the second or the third of January when I go back to work, I might be on layoff because there is no work. And the reason why is because he's mandating, okay, just like the masks and, and the jibbity jabbities, okay, he's mandating auto sales to be 20% EV, which puts everybody in a jam because they're not selling these automobiles. Well, the, the news, the news, I'm telling you, they're pushing don't buy one because it's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you buy one, it's it's a disaster. It's a disaster. I'm telling you. Vancouver. There was an article in the the province the other day, Rick, that I wa I read about a fella in Vancouver who bought an EV. It was a Nissan. Okay, and there was issues with the battery. Well, he had a little fender bender, or whatever. ICBC, which is the insurance company of British Columbia. Okay, and it's only one insurance company throughout BC. That's the only thing I like about BC. Okay, uh, he went through ICBC and. The vehicle was only $55,000 he paid. ICBC had to shell out $60,000 for a replacement vehicle. Right. Mm. For just, that's and just the car was only a couple weeks old. 60000 yeah, a bank loan for that. Yeah. yeah. Did you hear about that story, Rick? I sure did. Yep. I mentioned it briefly the other night, but yeah, that's exactly right. Sixty grand to right, replace so the, the battery uh, in, a, in a 2022 model Nissan. That, that's and, what they're saying. When the battery goes, you got to buy a new car. Yeah, it's cheaper to buy. Right. A they new car. they scrapped the car. They sent it to the junkyard. Yeah, well, where do you put the batteries in space? Some more space junk. I don't know. Gonna, piling up. I don't know what the hell they're thinking of these these Einsteins in Ottawa. The biggest story going on right now in Ontario, probably in the world. Okay, if you know anything about Ontario, Rick, you do. Right up the highway from you, you have the uh, nuclear power plant on Lake Huron. Mm -hmm. Okay, now Sagin. Saugine Shores is a native reserve. Now, the government's trying to cut, uh, what was it, $20 billion deal for them 
to put nuclear waste in the ground underneath Saugine Shores. If you look at where Saugine Shores is, Rick, you know exactly where it is, Rick. Okay, it's on your way to Tobamori. You can't miss it. Okay, underneath there is what? You got Lake Huron, the Georgian Bay. Okay, and they want to they want to go miles underground to store nuclear waste. Ugh. Plutonium. Use plutonium. Wow. I don't know if you heard that story yet, Rick, but that's out on that's out on the feet too, right? And that's that very is dangerous. Factor, eh? That's dangerous. That's our fucking drinking water, people. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Great Lake system. Exactly. Right. Yeah, so I don't I know, know if the, the natives are going for it or not, but there's big money at stake. Right. So that's that's a huge story you should look into, Rick, because you know, you poison the water, you poison us. Yes, you got bigger it's going to happen. It's going to happen, too. Uh, see, the, see the news today? They had all these uh, uh, these old, this, this old fucker, sorry, this guy from the Weather Network, every year, he's an old guy, every year he predicts the weather, and he's wrong every year. And now he was on there today. I haven't seen him yet, but today he was on. And he's saying, this is, why it's so warm in December, and we got no snow. It's because of c- climate change. We have to reduce the cl- the, the carbon. <laughs> we have to stop driving cars. <laughs> That's what he was saying today. Well, listen, if you're listening out there, I'm predicting January, February will be the coldest weather ever. <laughs> <laughs> lots of snow. I'm predicting. I am. I'm predicting that. That's my prediction. January, February is going to be the coldest weather ever. And it's going to be lots of snow. I'm I'm glad I work at home, Rick. <laughs> I, don't have to, I have to deal with it. I don't care, but some people that have to go to work, it kind of sucks, you know. Yeah. I parked the car in the garage. It's got no snow on it. You know, I hate cleaning snow off a car, you know. Uh, but that's what this guy's predicting. He's saying that's because of climate change. These guys are, I'm telling you, they're poisoning everybody, and people people believe it. Like, like, like the, the the a lot of my family there. They're they're all they're all you know the the the, the, the shot in the arm there. That they're all they're, they're all saying it's good, it's good. And I'm telling them it causes cancer. It's proven fact right now. The evidence is there. It causes yeah. Cancer. We 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 really it's can't not, talk about that on here, John, because okay okay. Yeah. And I said, but what, stop we should, what we CNN. should say is, you absolutely have to do everything the government tells you, and and get extra. <laughs> I I told him to stop watching CNN. <laughs> <laughs> Even my sister, I, I said, stop watching CNN. I says, watch Fox News or something. <laughs> you know, watch CNN. <laughs> she, she's a, she's addicted to CNN. I go, what's wrong with? <laughs> and this is what the world. You know, CNN is a free channel. You got every every cable network carries it for free. You know, so everybody watches it. Fox News, you got to pay for it. <laughs> so, anyways, it's uh. So, what's your prediction, Rick, for the new year? Leo, Leo, I agree with him. It's uh, more more disasters and. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna save my prediction for tomorrow. Because I think we're going to take some time to review all of the stuff that's happened over the past year, kind of a year in review, and a, and a look ahead. So I'm going to 
just I'm going to wait until tomorrow to share my thoughts about that. Okay. You got to all listen tomorrow. Okay. I'm not going nowhere tomorrow. Am I? No, tomorrow, Saturday, I'm staying home. Sunday, New Year's, I'm staying home. Are you going to be on on New Year's? No? Um, I probably will be. Yep. Yep. But I'm going to, uh, yeah, but not till, I'm not going to, I won't be on like till midnight. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Just a few hours and now, yeah. you know, uh, these guys, uh, uh, Paul, there, you got me addicted to watching Shadow. I like Shadow. It's a good show. Mm-hmm. It's only he, 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 it's only an hour, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't fall asleep. It's like some some of these shows. <laughs> Last night he, he got me this one show I was watching live there, and it, it didn't start till ten o'clock, and and around eleven o'clock it's still on. Eleven thirty it's still on. Twelve o'clock I go. I got to go to bed. It was an interesting show. They were showing, <laughs> they were showing like Joe Biden, for instance, and, and even Trudeau. They they have these rubber masks, and they showed these rubber masks. They put them on, and you look just like Biden with this rubber rubber mask. They're so tight, and your lips move, and and, and they were showing the <laughs> the skin in the back wrinkling. <laughs> It, it 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 was it's an amazing show. It was it I, I forget what it was. I I did bookmark it, but uh, he, yeah, Paul told me you and uh, he's barred on that show. They blocked him and Leo too. <laughs> hey Leo, you got blocked on no, that he, show. No, he he corrected it. What what happened was there was somebody from our group, and what we were doing was uh, jumping over after your show, Rick. Yeah, and he's got a nice show, Dean Ryan, right? Yeah, uh, Dean, that's the guy. It's pretty level-headed it's called the real deal and uh somebody from the because he, he just looked his his, his uh, ratings went up like that fast okay after your show a bunch of people just skated over there right so somebody said something he said i don't like canadians and somehow i don't know you you know you rumble better than me uh and as just uh, a moderator admin i guess you could ban people well you banned all of us by accident <laughs> right it wasn't personal right and, but uh, yeah, me, D, Paul, there was a bunch of us, right? I, I, I contacted him last night. He, goes, <gasps> he, he, he says, he, he, well, he explained it to me anyways, what happened, right? But uh, we know who it was. He said, just keep, you know, I know you guys are all coming over here from other shows and stuff. So he thought he was getting trolled, right? So <laughs> he was a little paranoid. So with the click, I guess you could just ban all Americans if you wanted to, Rick. <laughs> he, he, there, okay. Dean's American? I think it's an American show, eh? Yeah, he's American, but he has Canadian guests on there, right? So, yeah, he was talking about Trudeau and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I was kind of trying to figure out if he was American, but yeah, it seemed like an American show. Yeah, he corrected it last night for me, right? I said, Paul D. I know the people that are not the instigators that, that come over just to watch the show and they're, you know, just, you know, it's yeah, a good I didn't show. see nobody Sorry. on there. I guess it was late, too, by the way. It was after the Shadow show. <laughs> but, anyways, uh, Another thing today I heard, Rick, my cousin, he, he was reading they're going to bring lockdowns again this year. So that's another prediction this year. Well, they were predicting that this fall and this winter, and it hasn't happened yet. That, that's true. But I don't know. He, he was reading this, reading up on it. That, that that's, what, that's what they're... Uh, so that, that's another reason I want Polly in there. Uh, I, I have a friend of mine. He's he's still here till after New Year. He's from Florida. He lives in uh, Miami, just just near the Miami Super Bowl. There, the the uh, football. 
And uh, he said, uh, uh, what's his name? The governor there, uh, DeSantis. Mm -hmm. They never locked down last time. They never That's locked right. down. That's right. And there was no nothing mandatory. And I said, that's the guy that should be president. <laughs> he says, no, no, no. I, the guy in second place is the, the guy you, you showed on here tonight, the, the, the dark, the, vac, the little the dark guy. With, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says, he's in second place. <laughs> I go, oh, no, not him. <laughs> that guy's totally fake. <laughs> he's all fake. <laughs> I could see right through the guy. He's, you know, he's fake as a $5 bill, you know. Uh $5 I've, order. I've got $5 a five dollar bill. It's it. Well, I guess it's all fake though. <laughs> all the currency well, uh, is fake. But, but I'm telling you that the guy. Uh, <laughs> so that's, the, I, I said I like DeSantis. I, I like to see him. I like to see him. I said I don't trust Trump. He's uh, and he he worked at he works at Margie Largo. He's a, a tech. Uh, there he, he's met all of them uh trump's daughter's really really tall uh mm -hmm. her, her husband the jew guy very nice guy he, he's met him very nice guy she says his sons are really nice guys too they they all they got he's got a good family like i i, I like his family but uh i told him that i i just don't trust the guy ever since he you know, he pushed that stuff on us, and you know, he, everything he said he was going to do, he never did. You know, so but the economy did good. I have to give him marks for that. But now, who the hell wants to work for him if he gets reelected? You'll end up in jail. <laughs> Everybody that worked for him, they're all they're all in jail. You know, it's ridiculous. He he well, he agreed with me. He says at his age. He's got all the money you want. He should just go play golf, enjoy his life, you know. Why do you want to go through all this punishment, you know? Because that's what it's going to be, punishment. You know, it's not going to stop. Well, that's certainly the message that the Democrats always try to deliver when they go after people using lawfare and cancel culture tactics. It's always... Uh, the, you know, just don't even think about it. That's the message. Don't oppose us or we will come after that, you and that's what they do. That's exactly. I, uh, what do you want to what do you want to put up with that? You're 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 80 years old or whatever. Just enjoy your life, man. You know like he doesn't need the money, you know, but I don't know. I I I I I don't like politicians, Rick, like I say, even Paulie of them. I, I I'm not 100% with the guy, but he's better than Trudeau. That's all I got to say. Yeah, right. well, I think so, we can all agree that anybody's better than Trudeau at this point. He, he's the only he's the only one we have that that hopefully he'll do good. Yeah. If he if he opens up the oil fields, Canada will. We won't be. We're screwed. We're screwed. The the debt the debt is unbelievable right now. Yeah. And it's not getting any better. And we need somebody in there who, who can bring this. Everything is fake today, Rick. Everything is fake. You know that, eh? Yeah. Everything they tell you in the stock market, even the stock market's fake as hell. Everything is fake. Yeah. I don't believe yeah. anything anymore, Rick. 
I, I, I don't believe anything. I'm, I hear you. I get it. <laughs> That's why I'm in the chair here every night. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe I don't believe anything anymore. Um, and, and it saddens, saddens me to see what's going on in in Gaza there and, and mm -hmm. West Bank because I I see I, I'm a type of guy. It's like the truckers, you know. Uh, when nothing happened in Ottawa, I was glued. 24-7, and I can see actually what was going on. And then you look at the media, and they reverse everything. Mm -hmm. Everything is, is the opposite. But I see with my own eyes, it's not the opposite. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, what the media is telling you is a lie. And it's all controlled. Like, the Jews control the media, you know that. Washington and all this American, it's all controlled. You, you know what I seen the other day? I'm, I'm watching the Stock Channel, CNBC, and, and and they played a commercial by the Post, New York Post, and the commercial was about Hamas, Gaza, of course, how evil they are. They have to be just defeated, and I'm looking at this, and I'm going, oh no, no, it's it's a total lie. It's another CNN spin-off. You know what I mean? And I'm going, what kind of garbage? And, and I've been looking for it online, but it could be there now. I don't know. I just seen it the other day. But I it kind of, I, I can't believe the media, how they distort everything. You know? So. Well, guys, I've got, I've got yeah. another caller in the queue here, so. Okay, Rick. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the shirts again, and yeah. uh, happy New Year. If I don't talk to you, and okay. All right. Well, we'll happy New Year, Johnny. Hopefully, bye, Rick. Right. see you guys you too, back bro. here tomorrow night. Brother. Okay. Okay. Bye. Adios. Okay, let's move on here to. I think it's Don. Is this Don? Hey, Rick. How are you, man? I'm okay. How are you? I'm I'm well, thanks. I've been enjoying listening to uh, my fellow Canadians here on your show. And uh, I, I don't want to get you in trouble with uh, the Facebook uh, Nazis. Okay. Is it Facebook or YouTube you're having a tr problem with? Right now it's Facebook, but we'll have YouTube troubles soon enough <laughs> again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but at least at least YouTube, you can uh, you get to make your case. So you can just tell them, hey, listen, I come on here. This is my name. My name's Don, right? Uh -huh. And uh, I have freedom of speech, so I'm going to say it. Right? That's uh, part of our Canadian values. Yeah. yeah. So they want to they wanna control um, what we have to say, especially us, especially Canadians. Right? Because we actually, uh, we have a, had a free country. Right? Had. And uh, the people who... <laughs> live here like yourself we value freedom enough to stick our necks out and uh you know discuss the issues um and uh for me a recurring theme you know you we're always trying to uh compartmentalize everyone and say oh well what group are this this person from is this a is this a jew or is this a muslim or is this a canadian or is this a, a whoever right yeah. so we always we're always sort of doing that as, as humans Right. We kind of classify ourselves by 
what what differentiates us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you know, one one kind of common thread I've noticed in our demise is, um, you know, Justin Trudeau, for instance. Um, you know, he he's uh, from somewhere, right? He's kind of Quebecer, right? And he's from Montreal or Ottawa or some other French place. <laughs> and you're probably going to get in trouble. <laughs> Would you get in trouble if we talked about French politicians? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Because we don't want to get you in trouble, Rick. <laughs> okay. So what, what we need in Canada, you see, because they... There's a certain group of French people that hate Canada. Some, some that are Canadian and embrace what Canada is. But uh, most, most of them, are, they hate us, right? Because we, we have a historical, we had a historical conflict with the French. The English did. Yes. And, uh, and the natives even came on board. With Brit- with the British as a British subjects, uh, with Tecumseh, yep. right? Yep. He fought alongside Brock in 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 the War of eighteen twelve against the Americans and the French. That's correct. Right. Yes. So, I think what we need is a a grassroots movement, you know, in in Canada, and it's going to be real tough because we've got a lot of knuckleheads like myself and your last callers and. You know what I mean? We're all we're all pretty. Uh, we've had it real good here, right? Easy, we, we, easy. I'm not a knucklehead, <laughs> <laughs> but right you know what's funny? You got to be from my area because you mentioned General Brock and Chief Tecumseh, so you're probably from Southwestern Ontario. Well, I, yeah, I am. I'm I'm in London, bro. So I, I liked your uh, I liked your Windsor uh, idea there with the NDP, because of course. Um, they're really who spoiled our little parade, um, having the coalition, and they jumped into liberal lap and actually closed our parliament. Right? Can't close parliament over the sniffles, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But that was a, that was a big par- power grab, right? And uh, you know, invoking a me- emergency measures over over the cold, you know. And uh, of course, it was all it was all pre-planned. They've been planning this for years and years. And big dollars and power and and uh, but uh, no, definitely NDP. Uh, they're uh, you know the way our our system works is we always carry a, any of the party that gets elected. They always carry a minority government, right? And then uh, uh, the uh, uh, the other parties keep them in check. And basically, essentially, vote non-confidence in them to make another election to vote in another minority government. So the dish can't run away with the spoon, right? Like uh, Bill Morneau already did, and the Liberal government—they've already bankrupted. There is no, our, 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 there is no worse here. All, all we have now is, is they just invent the numbers and and print the money. We just got money printers. It's not backed by anything. So they're going to carry that on uh, until it burns out, or you know we get a we get a grassroots movement figure out who the smartest people are, 
and, and get them to run things. That's sort of my point uh, with the grassroots, um, you know, forming uh, community organizations of people who have half a brain and try and get them in a position where we can elect them. Well, Rick, you should be running again. Do you have any aspirations for politics in Chatham-Kent? Yes, there you go. I, people have asked me many times, and, uh, you know, I've been sitting in this chair because I'm just trying to contribute doing the things that I do best, and that's that's media. Um, so, I, you know, I, I've been trying to help other people who... Um, well, you're a sober been, thinker. Not only are you sober in life, but you're a sober thinker, and that's what we need in politics, because we're being run by a bunch of drunk, alcoholic, drug addicts. <laughs> no, yeah, no your last name isn't, no. hey, your last name isn't Mercier, is it? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, because so we have our replacement. Well, essentially what they're going to do, because they, they love the bamboozle, and because they plan, they got years and years to plan all this shit ahead of us, right? Yeah. So what they're going to do, it's just like John Tory, how he had that scandal, uh, and then they then they got uh, Chairman Chow in for the Toronto mayor, right? Don't don't forget, uh, Trudeau invented the um, uh, uh, Federation of Mayors in Canada, so he actually runs the federal his federal agenda in every municipality. They they wine and dine all the mayors and and. And uh, that's how they're able to shove all the shit down our throats. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, we're 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 pretty much screwed. If you look at the uh, Charter of Rights in Canada, which was created by Pierre Elliott Trudeau, when was it 1982 or somewhere on there? Right. Yeah, there's more. There's more holes in the Charter than than there are in a box of Fruit Loops. <laughs> yeah, and that's the truth. Okay, and he made mm. it that way. Right, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you got the government yeah, notwithstanding clause. He knew where that hole was too, right? Yeah, we, exactly. the government notwithstanding clause. They're starting to use it now a lot more often. Everywhere, than yeah, did. yeah. Right, so it, it's sickening. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 fucked. It, it's all <laughs> over, and then they just bring in bring in mass immigration, the nail on the coffin, right? They, universal basic income. That's how he's going to get reelected, or whoever. Like he'll probably go out, and then they'll bring, you know, someone else to replace him. Just like, uh, just like John Tory, they'll just, you know, just uh, he can step down and go live where uh, in Tofino or Jamaica or wherever. And you, and, know, you uh, know what, guys? Over Christmas, <clears throat> you know, of course, I spent time with family, and I won't mention names because it's family. <laughs> but it 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 was very clear to me that, you know people are in their own bubbles. And the thing that scares me is when I'm speaking to people who are on the other side of the, po the politics, they're like completely oblivious to the things that we're talking about here on this program tonight, like absolutely clueless. So over Christmas, you know, I'm talking to relatives who think I'm a nut bar. And when I'm trying mm -hmm. to discuss anything with them, they, are absolutely clueless. They don't know names. They don't know history. They don't know much of anything. All they really know is what they're regurgitating from really mainstream media. And uh, mm -hmm. 
You know, it's it's like polar opposites and and oblivion, like no concept at all. That's what scares me, because those are the people who are, go who are going to vote for Trudeau again. Sure. Yeah. And he'll have a platform, the platform of universal basic income. So all the migrants or the immigrants that are coming here by the millions yeah. uh, will be able to get 2000 bucks a month if they vote for him. Yeah, and then they can but stay two, here, right? But two thousand like, bucks a month, all the two thousand dollars a month's going to do. You can't even get a one-bedroom apartment for two thousand. Yeah, but ten month. of them, ten of them can live in there just fine and make twenty grand and have a and have one one little apartment making them twenty grand. One little apartment and a Lamborghini in the driveway. <laughs> Hell yeah! No six Mercedes out front. Sure, there'll be no parking, but you know, <laughs> yeah. All that that's going to do is is drive the price of a loaf of bread from. Uh, where it is now at $5 a loaf to $20 a loaf. Exactly. No, for sure. That, that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, only it'll be, it'll be gas first though. Right. Cause they don't want, yeah, I reckon they, they've got AI kind of thinking all this shit out for them and they just plug it in. Let's see, how can we make Don's life shit? Right. Cause he's the only one who's going to go and say, fuck you. Right. Well, there's a, there's 7% of us in Canada that are, that are going to say, fuck you. Right. And uh, rising, is it getting more? I, I hope so because <laughs> uh, 93% of Canadians took the jab, mm -hmm. right? A lot of them are pissed, sure, they know they've been had, and a lot of them had to take it or they would have got fired, right? Coerced, you know, co coercion, which is like you mentioned the charter, they're not allowed to coerce medical shit, right? Yeah, but yeah. uh. No, it's a good thing we're around. You know, I, I was the first one to say, fuck you. <laughs> you know, and, uh, well, you know, believe we it or not, I, believe it or not, my wife, she's, she's on the, she, she don't watch really no news or any of it. Right. So, you know, sure. Joe Biden to her and Justin Trudeau were great people, but, uh, I do some virtual signaling. Uh, that's leaving Rick show on my phone. Okay. Uh, to <laughs> on speaker. <laughs> So she could hear it, right? And over the last six months, Rick, yeah, I, I know a whole different person now, right? She's not buying mm -hmm. Trudeau's bullshit or Joe Biden's or any of it, right? She's open. Oh, yeah, yeah, open, for right? sure, for sure. Yeah, so the no, more mine. people we can wake up. Okay, Rick Show yeah. is one of those shows out there, and there's many. There's uh, Shadow Davis. I like. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a bunch. I, I just discovered oh, yeah, one tonight. Yeah. One Rumble, another one. Right? You're waking yeah. people up. Wake the people up around you any way you can. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's how you're yeah. going to get, you know, that's how you're going to get what we want. And that's a new government. Okay. Uh, wake them yeah, up. I like, I like your idea. You're right. Cause it, the NDP, they, they, they are the fucking the, the reason for this problem. Uh, if he would have just done, done his job for what the people elected him for, this is, I'm talking Jagmeet thing. Mm -hmm. If, uh, if, if he would have just voted non-confidence in, in Trudeau's government, like he should have, like everybody, like, like the opposition is supposed to do, like they have done in Canada forever and not formed a coalition, never happened. And the only two other times it's happened, it's been struck and it's been stricken down in the courts. They're not allowed to fucking do that. Mm -hmm. It's it's against what our doc democracy is. That's that's how that's how they they were able to fuck the whole thing. And uh, and they're still they're still doing it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we got to, you're right. It's, it's the NDP. We got to hold them accountable, go to their offices and say, Hey, we, we didn't vote you for you to fucking 
jump in their fucking lap. So. You didn't vote in a, a minority government to act as a majority. And like you said, they use yeah. the other parties to prop themselves up when they're in the danger zones, right? Yeah, how, that's how been going on forever. But no, that it's, was it's like, that's why they got elected. That's why we elected uh, people voted for the NDP to oppose the liberals, not to fucking join them. Right. And, well, you, you know? heard all the lip service from Jagmeet Singh before the election. Oh, we're going to hold the, the uh, liberals' feet to the fire. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah, me. for sure, while they're massaging them. Yes, yeah, well, right. you get, I right. guess you got this dental plan, universal dental plan, okay? Uh, right. Don't take effect to 2025. The liberal government won't be there. What do you think the conservatives are going to do if they get in? They're resending that. They're signing off. They, they're not signing off on that program. Okay. Yeah. And I could, it's just too much money. We don't have the money. We gave it all away to Ukraine. Yeah. That and then some. Like how, how and many, then the bid. The how bid. Many what was scandals, that? 300 how billion? Many, how many scandals? Like straight from the We Charity, right? And and the whole, I, you know, where he had to fire the the one lady, the the governor general got canned, and the uh, oh right, the NC right. CNC Lavalin, that scandal, right? The Aga right, Khan just scandal, like a billion of dollars, man. They're they're fucking burglars. They completely robbed us blind, and are still doing it. And, and they're doing it, and they're doing it under the disguise of of uh, with the RCMP that's protecting them. Sure, that's our sure police, is. man. That's yeah. our federal police. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah well, they're watching they're it all too, right? There's still there's still some old birds in there in the CSIS that are sort of watching this all, uh, and they're they're like, "What the fuck?" Right? And every now and then they they echo something out so the rest of us can hear about it. Well, yeah, that's I'm sure it. I'm sure Rick's show it's gained in popularity. I had 200, 300 people watching live tonight. Yeah, I'm that's sure CSIS and all these fuckface fucking alphabet police stations are all watching it okay and yeah. uh you know i expect oh, yeah, to knock at my i expect to knock at my door any day okay for oh, the shit that I say and get, well oh, yeah, i can't yeah, wait till they come here. so i could i could do a facebook live and tell them this fucking you know what they could put hey, their you lips know, around you know, my arsehole. you know what you know what triggered them to come i i said that um this is in 2020 i said that i'd rather die from covid than take their vaccine that's what I said. That's, I all, told that's all it took. That's what I told the health okay. board. And they were there faster than Domino's Pizza at your door. Fucking right. Yep. Insane, yeah. insane times, guys. It was that day. It was that day. Yeah, this has turned out to be an interesting show tonight, Rick. Yeah, some good calls. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, really. Just so I hope it doesn't get you banned again. Was it me that got you banned, Rick? No, you know what got me banned off Facebook this past week? Wishing people a Merry Christmas in Messenger. Oh, wow. No kidding. Really? Yeah, if you do it over if you if you send the same message over, Rick, okay, just Merry Christmas. Uh, uh, and you send it over to uh, fifty people within uh within a minute, they'll ban they'll block you from that because they think you're spam. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to not do it to too many people. Oh, here, I it's thought it was because you're a rebel. 25 <laughs> or 30 or something like that. But it was enough. It was enough. So Yeah, if you do it really fast, you got to change it up, okay, so the algorithm doesn't see it. Yeah. Okay, uh, no, YouTube's Christmas. cool. You can say what you want on YouTube. They, you might you might get banned, but you're allowed to state your case, and then they, they respect rights to free speech, right? You should be able to say whatever you want as long as you're who you are and you're not, you know, well, well, no, say what you want. Just like we, that guy from Morocco was calling in bomb threats or whatever. 
yeah, they caught up to him, and he's getting what he had coming. So there you go. Yeah, we've right? been banned. We've had our channels, uh, you know, it's with strikes on them, and uh, one week, two week bans. We've had those on YouTube, but I've been able to preserve. Oh, the I, they go away after for, three for, months. For tw in twenty twenty, I got banned every time. Every month, I got banned from Facebook. Had to wait the thirty days. Within a day or two, I get banned again. Yeah. Just on account of my outspokenness towards the vaccine. Yeah. Or, sorry. Don, everybody's jab. asking who's Don on Rumble. I'm not. In I'm not on Rumble. Yeah. No, I, I don't even, uh, I'm really, I, I'm, I'm kind of a woods guy and a mechanic. I don't really dabble in computers. I can barely work my phone, to be honest. <laughs> well, how are you watching it on uh I'm holding Twitch? it in my hand. I, I, I can't even see it. I can't even see it. I'm just, I just have my phone in my hand. Now, how are you watching the show with no, uh, you're not commenting that in the comments, eh? Obviously. If you uh, no, I was, handle. I was earlier. Yeah, I can actually, I can get, well, through, it was through YouTube. It came up in my feed, mm -hmm. the, the, okay. the show. And then, What's uh, your YouTube handle? It's just Don Huseman. There you go. Susie Q, you got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like to talk a lot of shit on there for sure. It's great. And uh, I use it to kind of like shock the vaccinated because 93% of people actually took that thing. And they didn't have I took to. It. I, didn't, I didn't buy. I'm, I'm healthier than I've ever been. And I fucking get down. I'm, I'm in. I'm in with people. I'm fucking I go everywhere. You know that Henry Hildebrandt and Elmer, mm -hmm. they tried to close his church. I went down there and I was I was there fucking supporting them wanting to be open, staying open, right? Proving that the COVID was a scam. You right? know what? Like 500 people from all over getting together, hugging and cheering and eating and laughing and singing and, and fucking not one of us took the vaccine. Nobody got sick. Well, right? I, I ended up uh, being coerced into it myself for the first two. Oh, yeah. There's not going to be a third or a fourth or any of that crap with me. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, my reason sure. was to get out of this right? country. Yeah. Yeah. My reason was to get out of this country, and then when they said, "Okay, yeah. now that you got the second one, you could you could leave and go to Mexico, but you got to go into a place called isolation for fourteen days okay, oh, when you get geez. back." And I went, "Are you joking yeah. me? I would never have taken it if uh, they would have said you're going into isolation when you come back." But, no you know, way! I'd, yeah, I'd what a fucking point. joke! The whole thing was just fucking stupid, right? Uh, and there's not, you know, people who wanted to, to travel had the bucks to be able to still go and travel and do shit. Were even more determined to to go and do shit, so they took, so they had to take the jab. I get it, and they couldn't make it like a mass poison right away. Uh, and my my theory is, uh, it it they use it like these organizations are are totally corrupt, right? And and they don't. They, they have a God complex where they think that all our lives is, are in their hands and they can just dream up what it is they're going to do. And that it's, it is what they do. Like, like all the conflicts in the world that they're, 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 all playing, they're all just playing this game. Oh yeah. And keep us and keep, keep everybody down and in fear over here. Like they, people were a lot, people actually lock themselves in their own freaking house, man. Yeah, I see, like, we I, all see some weird shit, <laughs> really weird shit when it came down. I, uh, the word not fear. I got kicked out of a mall. I got kicked out of a mall for eating KFC in the food court. Oh, wow. like, oh, no, they were, they were going to fucking beat me up like 10 fucking security guards were going to fucking throw me around right if I didn't leave. Yeah. I believe you. 
I don't believe you because uh, they were doing it. Yeah, they were doing it, and and they and that's where they broke a lot of the the charter went out the window. Yeah. We seen how yeah. strong the charter the charter was in Canada. Useless, exactly. Yeah, and they came out with this. See, somebody's going to pay at the end of the day, Don. Okay, at the end of the day, somebody's going to pay because you'll never find it again. You could bring Ebola. You could bring uh, Ebola to North America. People aren't going to believe it. We just went through the biggest pile of bullshit. I don't care if Ebola is in North America. I'm not no, you believe shit. it. You know how that's kind of how I knew that it wasn't real because, uh, like, they weren't in hazmat suits. <laughs> in a little bubble we would have been a little fucking air fed bubble you know fearing for but at, the, at the same time don okay when it first happened there were no hazmat suits because our great prime minister of canada gave all our hazmat suits in mass and everything to china remember that yeah yeah they sent the plane <laughs> and then they sent another plane full of money over to pick up some supplies and they just kept the plane too <laughs> yeah, you get nothing. Yeah, hilarious. Very, hilarious. very strange times. We'll never see it ever again. And I'm oh, telling it's you, awesome. it's it'll awesome. be bloody in the streets before you see it again because a lot of people aren't buying the bullshit that they, they tried selling us the first time. Right? They got no, away with it for about fifteen months. With the social media, they got us locked down. Though they got us locked down because. uh like you say, the violence in the streets or whatever, it, it won't, nothing will happen. Like that's sort of why they, that's sort of why they use the COVID thing. Cause you remember the natives were protesting on, on railways and they had mm-hmm. fires and shit. And there was uh, in Caledonia, there was a, a native thing. And then there was one with the pipeline out West and yeah. they were right. really gaining, gaining momentum. And, and, and of course, uh, the sympathies of, of real Canadians are with the natives. They're part of our culture. We are them. They are us. We're the same, you know? I, I believe the internet's going to be, there's going to be an end to the internet very soon. Uh, it's like al- it's already done. It's already done. Social already media. With, right. They, they want to yeah. silence people. They, they don't like this idea of people congregating together like uh, Maverick News or Shadow or uh, any of them, right? Any shows yeah. out there. Okay, because yeah. You can't have, any, have that grassroots movement. The only thing the only thing that well, can actually counter their what their fascism and their global right. like socialist fascist uh, and that scares them to the bone worse than the vid because people sure. are coming together now through what through social media okay and they're going right, to want right. to take out social media any way they can yeah yeah well what they do is they'll just use it as a list right so they can just keep keep track of everybody they'll use it as i've noticed they they do that um They'll, they'll have a, they'll like have a group that um, it'll come up in my feed, right? Like uh, the uh, soldiers of Odin, you know, and try and get me to click on there and see if I'll click and, you know, mm-hmm. see what I'll, what I'll look at, right? What I'm willing to entertain or divulge about, right? So this type of show is great for them too, you know, and, and that's okay. I know who they are, right? We mm-hmm. know, we know who the, who the enemy is, right? It's the it's the globalist entities, and then uh, they just use their influence to control the smaller powers. Like I was saying before, they got the Federation of Mayors, so Trudeau gets to fly around everywhere and meet with every mayor. You know, go to their hometown, tell them what it is. You know what the what's the next scheme? 
and uh, then just run away to the bank together and, you know, dine at fine restaurants. Well, with God's speed, and this is in a good way, uh, Trudeau won't be around in politics much longer, right? Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to organize something down here as long as CSIS is listening and everybody else is listening. Something for Brian Massey's office, a nice big protest, and we're not going to leave if you call for an election. And I think if everybody did that in the country, there's only, what, 25 places you could go. Was he NDP? Or no, he's a liberal, isn't he? No, No, he's he's NDP, Brian Massey. Is he? Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That's what uh, you have to do. Yeah, we got uh, in London here. Who do we got there? Uh, Matheson. Irene Matheson's kid. Yeah. Keeping it all in the family, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's funny how that how that happens. Like with, um, you know, you had George Bush Senior, and then George Bush Junior, and then you got you know Junior Trudeau, and but I guess it's natural for a son to follow in his father's footsteps, right? Yeah, or in the case of Lindsay and the steps of her mother, Irene Matheson, NDP. Yeah, I like I like I like them both for the record. Yeah, yeah I don't I don't I don't wish I don't wish any politician any harm. Yeah, and yeah. and. But the the fucking ones in NDP should should know that they're fucking rotten and and they completely dropped the ball and they shouldn't be in politics whatsoever if they don't know what the what their job was. It's pretty simple: oppose the the government, the oppose the minority government, right? Yep. And that keeps everything in check, and then they can't fucking steal everything. Right. The NDP they used to right. represent, you know, the working class, average Canadians, but. I don't think that they are focused on that anymore. They they really don't don't represent the working class mm-hmm. at all anymore. Well, mm-hmm. I, I think what happened in the last election, a lot of people thought by having a minority government, the liberals would have kept them in check. But exactly what happened? Okay, they're they're pulling bigger shit, bigger moves now than they ever did when they were a majority. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's just the the um, what's the word like the season, you know, like the it's just the environment that they that they've created is just so perfect that uh, that that they are just burglar burglarized. Er- everything's a burglar, just just dancing away with billions of our dollars. Yeah, first thing uh, first thing he did uh, for COVID, eighty eight million dollars given to the CBC for. Quote, COVID information. Yeah. Here you go. We just bought your news company to promote our propaganda. And even with all that money that they've been funneling into the CBC um, on New Year's Eve, the CBC has canceled their New Year's Eve broadcast because of financial pressures. Can you believe that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) They must. Yeah, they must have no money and left over, right? Well, here's the big thing. Travis Kelsey from uh, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, he's still promoting and doing commercials for Pfizer. The two-for-one, okay? You get out there, you can get the two-for-one. He's advertising it. Right. He must have missed the memo that Pfizer's being sued in Texas. (laughs) Yeah, well... I mean, if Pfizer, if, if, if Pfizer gave me a uh, fuck, I don't even know what I'm worth. What up? If Pfizer gave me 200 grand, I'd take the jab. 
You know, what What do you think they're giving Travis Kelsey, eh? Fucking millions and millions. Who knows? Yeah, and he's if probably he's never had it. Right? Yeah, yeah. If hopefully he didn't. He's yeah. smart, he, well, something's happening with his game plan, okay, because he's not playing the same Yeah, game he's not playing that good, is he? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So maybe he did take it. And, uh, yeah, for sure. What's, what's the little hand twitch uh, with Mahomey there? I think that's exactly. vaccine-related. You know, he does that weird kind of, uh, I don't know, autistic kind of hand gesture. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Yeah, crazy, crazy. No, I wonder how much uh, how much they give him. But for sure, it was enough. He'll never tell, right? He'll never. You tell. don't kiss and tell. You're not allowed to. You got to sign a. You got to sign a non non disclosure. Right. That's how it all. That's how it all starts. You get sat down in front of a non disclosure. So then they. So that's where they they offer you. You either get. Good or bad, you get to pick. It's sickening. You're dealing in death, eh? And you could sign a non-disclosure and cover your ass. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I should. Uh, I should make my employees uh, sign a non-disclosure for sure. <laughs> Hire me. <laughs> yeah, right on. Right on. No, we definitely, we definitely need to just let them know. We need to let all the the NDPs know, especially people who voted NDP. I'm especially bitter. I feel like I have a right to to bitch about it because I did vote for the fucking bastard, and then he he, he fucking and I, I believe me, I've been trolling him on social media too, and uh, like fuck, it's, uh, you know he completely betrayed uh, the trust that Canadians had in the NDP, and and our whole democracy is fucked on account of it. Yeah, and you know what? If you if you just get the, like I said, the Canada spread out so much, it's tough to get uh, three million people in Ottawa, and the same thing in Toronto or Montreal to do a protest. But when you only have twenty five seats, is what Rick said, twenty five NDP seats in Canada, it's yeah. a lot easier to get a lot of people from each little town. Boom! At yeah. your MP's office, and you don't leave. Don't leave till they call for an election. They will. I'm telling you, they will be scared straight. Because they've never seen it before. I just feel like they'll they'll just use any they just use any crisis or anything to their advantage. That I just feel like yeah okay we could kind of you know kick the cart and 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 try and uh, you know create awareness. Uh, but they'll just have the answer for it, right? Which which is uh, you know they'll just they'll just fucking close our bank accounts and say we're Nazis. Yeah. So be it. My net worth, my net worth in the last year has gone down half. That's just in one year. That's how great 2023 was. Yeah, my mine was. I had a good. I had a good 2023. I yeah, didn't. I spent a lot of money. I spent a lot but, of money. Okay, and if I do it again this year, uh, who knows what 2025 is going to look like? I might be living in a tent. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Though, even though that was my best year, that's not saying much. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. fucking uh, clawing, right? Just clawing my way to the top. That's uh, you have to because you can't just stay on the hamster wheel. You'll you'll never fucking go anywhere. You got to start something Bingo. for your own. Okay. Yeah, but they will if you did do the protest. We are going to do the protest, Jay. Yeah, and yeah, right on. Windsor for me, right? Yeah. And uh, hopefully it catches on across the country. And they could call me a racist, misogynist, ex-bialidocious. I don't care. I'm calling I find it kind of hard because, like, I voted for the guy. It's kind of hard to, 
in fact, I, I didn't even vote for him. Uh, I voted for, there was another lady in, in my riding. And, uh, yeah, my, uh, she didn't get elected because, uh, here we got a liberal guy, uh, Peter Bradley Stokes. Yeah, don't even bother setting up protests at the liberal office. They don't want, they don't care. Yeah, exactly. Their minds are sticking yeah, around, right? It's nothing. Yeah, you just cause a cause a stink for nothing. You know, you got to sort of pick your battles, and and uh, the, so for me, I kind of just sort of carry the torch in my own little personal life. Like uh, if it affects me, if it affects my work or my uh, my wife's work or my children's school, then I I pull my put my big boy boots on and storm out there and put everybody in their place, right? Yeah, but we're all in it together, brother. Right. That's so, true. That's true. You know, yeah, we gotta, you know, I, I gotta, gotta the only way we're gonna get out of it is to stand tall together and, and do it all at once, right? That's yeah. the only way. Do it peacefully. Yeah, I, I like your I like your plan with because uh, it really that that's essentially is the problem that the NDP failed and didn't um didn't vote that non confidence. So so what he's saying is he he has full confidence in the liberal government. That's that's what the NDP. NDP has full confidence in liberals. So why even have a party? Right. Why not? Why don't they just turn into liberals? Right. If they have full confidence, you know. That's yeah, that's, that's, that's the message. Not, you hit it bang not, on. That's it. That's good. I'm glad we talked, man. You know what? Uh, this has turned out to be a great, great, great show tonight, Rick. I'm sorry to uh, be. I was eavesdropping in the background. No, that's uh, okay. Yeah, I'm glad I jumped in because you know what? I like this Don guy. I think Don should call in more often. I think so too. Well, I was in. I was in before, and but I thought I got Rick in trouble. So, oh, probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, YouTube's yeah. good. YouTube's good. You can get banned. You can get banned from YouTube, but then they get a thing you can. You can uh, you can write them back and tell them why they you know. Well, they're a little they're, they're probably, a little uh, more forgiving these days, but um, but it's this particular topic on the vaccines that they still hit me on. And, uh, so I just yeah. you know I, I it it it's an issue. I've been on YouTube since it started too, since the very first day. I've been on YouTube, mm -hmm. so it's not fair for them to silence my opinion. Cause that's all it is. It's a fart in the wind, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but it's my little fart in the wind and, uh, somebody else can, can fart on what I say too, if they want. Right. It's, it's that's what free speech is all about. You get to stand your ground and say, no, this is what I think's right. And you can debate it. And then you can join with other people who have the same values, morals that you have. And through debate, you get to figure out those who those people are pretty quick. So, yeah. Well, I appreciate uh, yeah. you, it's, appreciate it's you calling thing. in tonight, Don. It's good to have you back. And yeah, we're, Leo, I'm glad yeah, that we're you, done. you were still sitting there yeah. in the background, and you made my made my yeah. my job easy tonight, guys. Good conversation. Yeah, thanks, Don. Yeah. Likewise, thanks, Don. Yeah. Talk to you guys Thank later. You, sir. Hey, okay. and. Uh, so what, uh, let's pick a date for, um, oh, you know what I think should be a special day in Canada? We should plan these protests for uh, April, uh, not April 2nd, hang on. 
July 2nd. July 2nd. Why, what, Canada? Right after Canada Day? Right after Canada Day. The day after Canada Day. Yeah, I think we got to go before then just to get the, the word out there. You know what I mean? Right, I can't well, go, I can't go to July with Trudeau. Okay. Right. I'm not going to make it till July if Trudeau's in power. Uh, and so what is the next election in 2024? It's whenever the NDP call it. All right, but they won't, though. Well, it could. I mean, it, it, it'll have to happen at least by sometime in 2025, but hopefully soon. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get one called. Before right. He thinks he can be the hero still, eh? Yeah, 100%. That's funny. Narcissism. I thought I had narcissism. This guy makes yeah. me look like uh, a choir boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, gentlemen. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, Great talking, John. Be on the See you on the flip side. Good luck to you all. Okay. Ciao for now. Thanks, guys. Good night. Yeah, good night. Good night. And that brings us to a close for tonight. Good calls. Really appreciate that from both of those guys and everybody else who called in tonight as well. Good call there, John. Appreciate you as well. And let me just bring that banner down. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out here tonight. I will be back tomorrow night and we'll probably do the year in review show and probably add the call in portion to it as well. So you guys can share your thoughts on what a crazy 2023 we've had from UFOs to exploding houses to uh, war and more. We'll discuss it all 6 p.m. Eastern standard time right here on the Maverick news channel. Catch y'all tomorrow on the flip side. This has been a Maverick Multimedia Productions.